All right, what up, everybody? We're live, finally. I'm here with Tommy Jeffrey. Hey, Jeremy. What up, man? <laughs> Haven't seen you in fucking forever. It has been a minute, but it's cool to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad you came in, man. Uh, I hit you up, like, probably a month ago at least, Yeah. yeah asking if you do a podcast. Together. And I was like, fuck, I'm not even ready for you to come in, but I'm just so jazzed for you to <laughs> agree to it that, like, I wanted to get you in here as soon as I could. That's cool. Yeah, we got some stuff to talk about. Yeah, I'm so fucking psyched you're here. Um, so we were just talking about uh, Dan and the podcast I did with Dan. Yeah, I liked it. So I Thank know you. Dan from, from way back when he used to be a teacher. Yes. <laughs> back in Havasu, Lake Havasu. And, uh, uh, pull that closer to your, okay. to your mouth. Yeah, yeah, right. Right into it. yeah. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I've known Dan since way back, actually. I was teaching and yeah, it's, it's neat for me to see everybody that I worked with, you know, go from being like these impressionable young people to, you know, a little bit more standalone, standoffish, whatever you want to call it. Like you've made your way in the world now and yeah. you know, seeing who you become is cool. You became adults. Yeah. You're like making me blush. I don't know why. Oh, no eye contact. That's <laughs> no, funny, man. No, it's like, uh, so for people who don't know. You were my English teacher in uh, sophomore year high school. Yeah, way and back. We were just talking about how when you were my teacher, you were younger than I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, um, yeah, starting out, like, I took that, that job right out of college, so I was, like, 22. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was probably, I think I was 23. That's crazy. When we were working together, yeah. So, I, I had that job in Havasu for seven years. I did two more years uh, up north in in bullhead yeah and then you did you went to bullhead i did i went to bullhead lake havasu high i did i did not know that yeah i dipped out you pull that uh, a tiny little bit closer to you it doesn't have to be on your mouth but uh i realized in the first couple podcasts we were using the mics wrong Mm. so now i got them in more (laughs) but now it's like this weird thing i'm still trying to fucking work out we'll get there eventually you gotta get used to it right still working out the kinks but um sorry to cut you off so you went to bullhead i did i took a gig in bullhead um because there, it was just a better business opportunity. Yeah. So, and, and it was kind of cool because I wanted to check out. I had been with uh, a public school district, obviously, in Lake Havasu for years and years. And then I wanted to try charter. I wanted, oh, okay. to, see, I wanted so to see what it was about. Yeah, like, you know, I was still really into it at that point, And I wanted to kind of see what the difference was like. And, um, man, it was, it was kind of cool. Like the difference between the two is just like one is one's just run like a small business. Yeah. So small business is a little bit more nimble than, you know, some big corporation like you know, like a public school district. It's got to be like changes have to go from like the top down. And yeah. It takes, it takes a while to trickle. Whereas like you've got a charter school. Yeah. Dude, you can make a change like top to bottom like that day. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's smaller, but because they say so. Yeah. Basically, it's like you work for someone who decided to be, you know, crazy asshole and start a school. And it's not like some, I don't know, it's not like a city, you know zoned to school and did it that way yeah 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 i uh i have a lot of uh mixed opinions pull that up closer to your mouth again i just watch <laughs> your waveform and like people tell me to shut the fuck up about it and i need to but it's like no worries until i do 50 of these i'm not gonna get over it <laughs> um i have a lot of opinions about education and the way it's funded and the way it's going and um i mean education for me is a weird one because I dropped out of high school and I didn't finish it. 
but I got a GED and I went to college. Right. Um, so are you any less intelligent than anyone else? No, and I have a lot of opinions about yeah. the word intelligence exactly. too. <laughs> exactly. Education, knowledge, yeah. and intelligence are all yeah. different. Yeah. And I think people uh, use them interchangeably, mm-hmm. and I think people need to stop doing that. Because I think a lot of like intelligent people go to college, and I think the standard is like you have a three-digit IQ, you know, higher mm-hmm. than a hundred, and you go to college. That's usually the standard. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people who go to college who aren't like that intelligent. Like you know what I mean? Like critical thinking isn't their strong suit. No. But what they study is a strong suit for them. So they gain the education and the knowledge, even having a lower intellect than other people. Right. And uh, I've worked in higher education. Since I was 17. So, like, I dropped out, got hired at MCC, did financial aid there for 18 yeah. months, and then moved up to NAU, worked there full-time right. uh, after I graduated, mm-hmm. and worked there as a student worker. So, I've worked in higher education for eight years, nine years now. Yeah. And it, it's weird because, like, the public education system is getting so screwed over financially. Yeah. But <laughs> everyone likes to say they're not, like, run, like private education but it's shifting drastically into private education like state funding is cut so much that they have to make it up by basically donors subsidize it somehow which are they sign corporate negotiations (laughs) basically with sponsors to do like research in their colleges and like i mean it's basically just private education with a public stamp on it i can remember and this is a, this is a goofy thing. You probably never crossed your mind while you were uh, at Havasu. I remember the first lady that I worked for while I was there. She used to love talking about her her Pepsi money. Her Pepsi that money. Pepsi money. We're getting that Pepsi money coming in, and it was like pull that up closer to you again. It's like that Pepsi money. That's perfect. Well, that was from all the vending machines on campus. Oh, okay. So someone had to pay to buy that right to vend there. Which don't be wrong. That's probably pretty profitable how many kids do you know are running around you know with bottles of water or bottles of aquafina oh man my fat ass bought one every day right so you think about like how much money you're dumping into that machine throughout the course of a school year so if you know whatever business where i mean you could even say the same thing like and i, I should probably stop like naming names but like oh it's the, okay. uh, i mean even like the food services are done you know in in prisons that way they're done in schools that way like they're basically shipped out like they're outsourced yep. and uh yeah you just get somebody else in here to do it because we don't have the time or the money or the inclination so yeah yeah they'll, they'll do it and then we can focus on mismanaging other ways entirely <laughs> i know it's crazy yeah so no it's, it's just it's funny to hear you talk about like higher education and things like that because that was one of the things the longer that i spent in that business and it is a business it's totally a business. It's completely a business. I Students felt, are customers in oh, no doubt. education. No doubt. Yeah. Right. Um, but, like, I felt bad, like, the longer I spent um, teaching, you know, secondary ed, like, high school, because we were just pushing the how, how critical it is, absolutely critical that you go to college and that you attain this four-year degree and, yeah. and that you take on 100 grand worth of debt so that you can make 60 grand a year. Yep. Um, squeeze out two kids, buy a house you can't afford, you know, that that kind of stuff. And it was just like we're putting more cogs in the wheel. Yeah. And uh, I felt bad about it. And, like, by yeah. the end, like, I was looking at, I don't know, like, if a kid's not – if school's not their strong suit, 
what is your strong suit? Like, if you yeah. want, if you want to go be a pipe fitter, go be a fucking pipe fitter. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you could be great at it. Make six figures a year just because you didn't decide to go the same route as someone else. That yeah. doesn't make you any less than. Yeah. And exactly. It, it, it it bugged me. Like, it was legitimately something that bothered me. And yeah. then, like, call it like high schools. You know, they would wear this like badge on their chest. Like, we send whatever X percent of our students do. To college. college. It's yeah. like all I'm hearing is like we're making Y amount of dollars for yep. <laughs> said school. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. And their sponsorships with high schools and, and yeah. colleges. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's something that like I'm I, I've said it a couple times on this podcast. I think education needs to shift drastically. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like well, or or how to change it. Right. But, like, one thing I said to, uh, I think Tyler when he was on here was just that, like, I, I think it could be some kind of pairing with corporations or yeah. jobs in the marketplace. Yeah. Like, even at mom and pop shops or whatever, like, mm-hmm. they apply and say, hey, we would like a graduate to do this job on this year right. in the graduating class of 2020. For sure. And then, yeah. you know, that student has a job yeah. when they graduate already. Yeah. Um, or make it free mm-hmm. so people can study the things they want to study that don't have jobs after college right. because it is just a passion for them mm-hmm. and they're trying to attain that knowledge. Right. Like I would like it if, you know, there was podcasting classes for free somewhere yeah. and I could just go do that mm-hmm. or whatever. Well, even though that's not a job outside of school, we, yeah, we don't encourage, I mean, it, like you could like even like broaden that. And, and think about, like, we don't really cur- encourage people to go out and be entrepreneurs. Totally. Like, you're expected to, we were just talking about it, actually find a sweet gig at, a, at you know, a corporation if you can. And yeah. try to be uh, a highly, you know, valuable asset to that company. Absolutely. Um, but that's not, you know, not everyone can pull that off. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we don't encourage kids to, to go up and go out and pursue that. And it's, yeah, it's scary, but... Yeah, there's there's a lot more potential there than you know trying to be a cog in the wheel. Like when I think about pull know, that classes, up closer a little, <laughs> I keep doing it. Um, like when I think oh, about that's a natural thing. Classes, it's like something's right in your face, and you try to right? get away from it, like leaning back. Yeah, it's all right. I'm I'm working on. I'm getting. There. I know it's a it's a it's a learning experience for everyone. Well, like <laughs> when uh, when I stopped teaching and and I, I started working for myself and um. The, the weirdest thing is because, you know, I've been in school literally from the time I was, I don't know, five years old. And then I taught until I was 32. So, <laughs> you know, I had bells my whole life. Yeah. So it was like like all of a sudden living without, you know, not having that around was much, much different. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of led me to look at the structure of education and why... <coughs> things were laid out the way that they were and it was literally to produce great factory workers you know the yeah. way that's you know way the bell schedule is arranged it you know it's just like show up on time you know punch the clock learn to be what we need you to be stand when we tell you to stand sit when we tell you oh, to sit yeah. yeah and it i mean that's just not honestly the, the that's, way of the world that's anymore. why it didn't work out for me yeah in high school um i mean i <laughs> I just, I've always been, uh, fairly self-aware, uh, and 
and like I just always knew like I hated going to school as a kid like even in middle school elementary school like I hated it like I I was always ditching school missing school calling in sick whatever Mm -hmm. and like um so I finally got to the point where you know I'm reaching the point of adulthood I'm 16 I don't want to go to school anymore I fucking hate it yeah and all I can think is if in two years I can make all my own decisions, like why can't I just start now and stop doing that shit? Mm-hmm. And I'll go to school and study something I want to study right. instead of going to all these classes doing shit that I don't want to do. And I was one of the lucky kids in the sense that I did my research and you know looked into GED and looked into college yeah. and looked into financial aid because right. I knew I couldn't afford it. And, and I did it and I know my route is not even close to a solution for anyone, but it worked for me, Mm -hmm. but school was such a pain for me that all I wanted to do was do shit I wanted to do. And it's funny because like 10 years later, I still have that mindset. I just want to do shit I want to do. I completely agree. And that's why I'm doing the podcast. Well, I'm not sure if we're, we're telling like young people to focus on the right things. Like, uh-huh. you know, we, we try to get you to work on your weaknesses. Yeah. Why? So to work on your strengths, get really good at what you're really good at. Yeah. Like if you suck at math, why, who cares? I don't do math ever. I always joke when people like, because I don't look like a teacher. So people are like, Oh, I used to teach I'm Like, yeah, I taught English. They're like, no way. I'm like, yeah, I know I can barely read. Like it's make that joke. And I don't know. It's just, uh, it, it's what I enjoyed. Yeah. So I focused on that. I was good at that. Um, I don't think that, you know, trying to, to box in a kid who has zero interest in the Franco-Prussian War. Like, if that kid wants to go weld, go fucking weld. Be yeah, a great right. welder. Right. You know well, like? and, and as unfortunate <laughs> as that is, they're taking away, like, shop classes in school now. Oh, for sure. And they're taking away art classes right. and music classes right. because of funding. Well, and it's so unfortunate that all these kids are losing those opportunities, those right. slight hours in the day yeah. where they do get to do what they want to yeah. do. And right. they have a cool teacher who relates to right. them. And it, and then the next year they're like, uh, hey, mm-hmm. like that teacher got fired because we cut that yeah, funding. Yeah, that program and, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, like that's, that's another thing. You know, I talk about being like a little bit like leery of, of – higher education um i think making sure that we talk to those kids you know at at that age you know 14 to 17 years old like like you're not going to be able to take your religious studies degree to the religious studies factory and go produce religious study yeah so like making sure that they know like if if this is the route that you're trying to go like like have an end game Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. I love philosophy. It's cool. But you can't. There's not you, jobs in that. You do. No. You can't well, go to Well, and that's what's factory. unfortunate is that that's what, I, that's what I say to a lot of people. Like, and people disagree with me. And I'm like, the current education system should not allow you to get, get a degree in that. Because they are allowing you to fail. Because it is right. pay us $50,000 to get your philosophy degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, do all these things that all these professors are telling you to do who right. are in the a- philosophy field. Yeah. yeah, they're authorities. And no one tells yeah. you, like, hey, by the way, like, uh, 
there's not a right. there's not a job for you waiting after this. So there's like a, if you're not top of your class right. writing papers, mm-hmm. like going on and getting that masters mm-hmm. or that PhD, yeah. you're insignificant in that field and you're not gonna get a job. No, you're definitely not gonna stand out in it. I mean, unless you like are a super creative and talented person and, and somehow you find a way to write or yeah. find like you find some other way to contribute. Yeah. Like outside of I guess like what's traditionally thought to be like your your field of study, then you're that's it. <laughs> like yeah. congratulations. Like you you're gonna lug around this piece of paper for the rest of your life so you can say that you did it. Um That's crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm living that. I mean um, it's like I yeah. got a degree in film. Mm-hmm. Like uh so like I had an interesting like path in film and that uh I, I studied business and IT for like two years. I had uh Basically, IT jobs the whole time I was in school because I went from financial aid to working in an IT place. Uh, and then uh, I switched to film because I was like, fuck yeah, film is what I want to do. Yeah. And my programming class sucks. Like, I was like, programming is easy to me because I can learn it, I can code, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was like, sitting there typing on, the compu- uh, on that keyboard doing it, I was like, there is no fucking way I'm going to do this from eight to five one day and I'm going to code all day. Fuck this. Exactly. And so I started looking at the course catalog and I saw film and was like, fuck yeah, film. Mm -hmm. And then I did film and I I majored in screenwriting because I I realized really quick the production courses weren't going to get me to be a producer and the whatever the fucking other class course was or the track Mm -hmm. was not going to be for me. So I picked screenwriting because I was like, I know if I can learn how to write the best shit possible I could get out there and this is my only fucking way. And yeah. I got a degree and I knew I told myself like, I'm going to get a full time job doing something like financial aid. Yeah. And that's what I did. Yeah. And then I just moved up from there and like now I'm a business analyst, but it's still just not to the point where like, I'm like, Oh, I'm using my college degree that I paid that's- 40 <laughs> grand for and I'm still paying my student loans. I wish I'm going to keep paying them. Okay, so I I wish that that attitude would catch on. Yeah, like I I really, really do. Because um, from the time that I I started teaching, you know, like two, I I think I started out in classrooms, you know, um, as an undergrad in like 2004, I think was when I started doing like observation hours as like a sophomore in college or something like that. Graduated 2006, yeah. started teaching right after. So I did yeah. 10 years in the classroom. Put that a little closer. And uh, Oh, oh, that was perfect. No, put it back. Right there? Yeah, wonderful. Perfect. Yes. So <laughs> I spent like 10 hour, or 10, 10 years in the classroom. And yeah. then from, from the time I started until the time that I left, the, the shift that I saw in kids made me not want to do it anymore. And... That's interesting. It, it, and it, it wasn't anything like it wasn't dissatisfaction with what I do. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I didn't like the kind of people that we were producing. And like, that was something like, I obviously kept that shit to myself, but of course it was clanging around in my head every single day. Yeah. And you know, you talk about you're nine to five and you're, you're eating shit for a while doing something you don't love to allow you to do something that you do. Absolutely. That kind of, that attitude is by and large, like the exception. Yeah. It, it's, it's not the norm. Yeah, when absolutely. It, it, that used to be like, 
I don't know. It's like the the cliche about like the struggling actor or actress who like is a waiter. Yeah. Okay. Like they're doing this so they can do the other thing later. Yeah. It's like Chris Pratt. Exactly. Like, uh, he's a waiter in Hawaii, I think. Yeah. Like it's now he's the biggest movie star on the planet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like that stuff. It like you hear about that all the time. Um, but like I saw less and less of a like a willingness in, in younger people to do that to work. Well, <laughs> essentially, yeah, or have yeah. a have a desire um, or a and dream. I, it will, yeah. Um, yeah. Like that, just it. I don't know, and I, like I, I think about that all the time. Like, did you know? I'm sure that every like older generation looks at the younger generation like oh, I can't stand these people. Like what the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> like I like. I <laughs> like what's going on, guys. <laughs> like I, uh, is I anyone seeing this shit? I don't. Have, <laughs> you, have you ever listened to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History? Um, no, I have okay, not. If you ever get a chance? I have to, heard it's, it's uh, good things about that. Okay, so da- I've listened to like all everything Dan Carlin's ever done. He's a group, guys genius. Yeah, but like he he was talking about when Kennedy first got into office in in the early sixties. Like yeah, and uh, all of like Kennedy's military advisors were like. Hard dudes like World War Two guys, Korea guys. It's badass, right? So they're like these. Like I just imagine them like like a lot of flat top haircuts, like half smoked cigars, the corners of their mouth, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, they thought he was the biggest pussy. <laughs> like, That's awesome. Because he wouldn't just bomb Cuba. That's so awesome. Yeah. And they were just like this fucking kid. This guy. <laughs> like we we're so sick of this. Like so, I'm, I'm sure that like every every generation thinks that you know about you know the one that's that's up and coming, but. Yeah, there's just like this, uh, and I'm I'm not sure I can blame the kids today, just because like they're they're the I generation, like they they've grown up with instant gratification at the touch of their fingers, like, like literally, like I don't like this, I, I'm just gonna switch my Netflix program, like, absolutely, like uh, you know, you see it in like like people just you know throw an iPad at their toddler, and you're just like, that's my biggest frustration, dude. It terrifies with my me. own generation being parents. It's starting to get scary. I don't like, like it. How about how about you just drive in the car, you play I Spy or talk, absolutely, talk to your children. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that is something I said on another podcast. Uh, I was trying to drive that home for people like this. Uh, I didn't when I started this podcast. Uh, I did not have the knowledge to start this podcast. Mm-hmm. I had the foundation of how a camera works to put myself on YouTube from right. being in film school. I had the basics un- understanding of microphones and audio because of what I learned in film school, but I had no fucking idea what I was doing. Right. So I researched and I read and I read every fucking forum and every piece of equipment I bought, I read reviews for it and right. I watched videos on right. it before I bought it. Exactly. I came home after work and you know, my girlfriend's a school teacher. I get home at six. Usually she goes to bed around nine so I get like three hours with her. Yeah. So that time is like pretty much our time. So she goes to bed and then I would stay up till like 11 researching podcast shit. Mm-hmm. And it took me months and I fucking hated it. And I fucking, yeah. Yeah. I, w- I went to bed exhausted. I was fucking grumpy all the time. Right. Like I had no idea what I was doing with my website and mm-hmm. it, my website still fucking frustrates me, but it's up and running. <laughs> it is. I've been you on. know? Yeah. And it's like, I try to tell people that like, it's like, I fucking came home and did shit I didn't want to do to get to the point where I could do something I wanted to do. And I got to the point where now I can just hit record and do a podcast. But all the work to get to that point sucked ass. No one saw that. Right. No one saw that. 
And so it's just like I, I understand that people go home yeah. and they work from eight to five and they're fucking dead. And they all they want to do is watch Netflix because mm-hmm. I am that exact person. But sometimes you just got to say what I want to do is fucking more important than yeah. right. being miserable yeah. because my fucking eight to five job didn't satisfy my whatever my need is. Right. And there's no like, but I think. But people the, don't want to do shit. Well, they don't want to do. Yeah, I think the, the disconnect with, you know, I, I guess. I don't know what you'd say 18 to 22 year olds right now is that they just anticipate that things are going to become what they, what they would like. Yeah. Um, through the path of least resistance. Yeah. And it, it worried me. Um, like I, I did the same thing uh, yeah. that you're talking about. Like I, my last year, um, teaching was like probably two, three years ago. I don't even remember, but, yeah. um, I, I had an internet business that I, you know, I would work, you know, at the school, like 7 a.m. to, I don't know, I was getting home at like 6 o'clock, I was putting in a ton of time. And then I would do that Monday to Friday. Friday night I would get home, start cracking on the internet business, work until Sunday night. Yeah. Put in like damn near a 40-hour week. Yeah. And then go back to work and do it again on Monday. And just like clicking off weeks that way, it started to build up, build up, build up. And... It got to the point where I was like, I think I want to make a go of this. So, you know, I, I jumped off into the internet business and like retired, full blown, like finished up school year, went in with a letter of resignation, handed it to my boss. Um, Doesn't that feel so good? No, it was terrifying. Dude, I went outside. <laughs> like I tell, I tell the story like all the time. Like Betting I, on yourself is a risk, right? Um well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, scary because I didn't really have. I mean, I you know I could have gone back to it. I think I guess if, they, if things didn't work out, um, you know, it was a possibility. But yeah, I you know I quit a very good job, um, probably the best one I'd had in that business. Yeah, and uh, handed in the letter, went outside, and I just like I got out to my car and just like I, I put my hands on my knees and I fucking hurled. Yeah. I threw up on the ground so hard, <laughs> dude. I just had this like. Because um, it's scary, dude. It was terrifying. Yeah. Because um, that's like all I'd ever known as a kid. Since I w- basically was a kid, you know, you're tw- you're 21 years old. Like you're you're not good at anything. Like <laughs> like you are. Uh, you're you're a kid still. And uh, yeah, that's all I knew. So to not do that all of a sudden was like very very scary. But yeah, I bet on bet on it. And um, the internet business that my you know business partner and I run, like it's it's grown. Um, and it, it, it's a cool. It, it's a it's a neat industry and we're yeah. we're in like nutritional consulting and uh we we did that for uh pretty much a year straight um, yeah online just like both of us full-time uh we'd been doing it for about three years before that but um then we you know we we got a, scraped a little money together and put together like a brick and mortar like studio like a personal training studio so we've got that now um over in gilbert so yeah yeah it was pretty cool so you've come, so how long from start to finish, you quit your, uh, you quit your teaching job when? Yeah. Uh, I think that was 2015, 2016. So like basically two years. So two years yeah. from then. And now you're totally self-sufficient have your own business. Yeah, it, it, um, 
you know, we were, we we're like, I, and you have some employees now, right? Which is insane. Yeah. <laughs> so insane. Like, um, you know, I always, I always say like, I feel, you know, blessed and I feel fortunate and, and that's, I feel like maybe what you're supposed to say, but I feel like I really want to tell people like, I'm not fortunate. I work my fucking ass off. To totally. Be you work which, your ass off. Um, and you deserve it. Well, and you know, I, I wish things were merit based. I really do. That was, that was a frustration I had in, in teaching, you know, like yeah. if, you know, like I, I think I told you that, you know, I was working until six o'clock every night, my last year teaching, like, yeah. and that's 10 years in. So, you know, it's not like that person that stays and, and puts in that extra time is gets any reward for it. No, other than, you know, being well received by their students. Um, so, so the person that shows up at eight and it's doing a burnout to get out of the parking lot at three o'clock is, you know, they're walking with the same check. Absolutely. Um, and that, that was something that, you know, it, I don't know. It didn't always sit right. Yeah. I think there's a, always a different kind of mindset in every workplace as far as the people yeah. who are trying to achieve more right. and the people who are complacent with just, mm-hmm. this is my job. This is going to be my career. Right. And I think, um, I think both are okay. If I you know, you both. I think there's a lot of people who are fine just doing their nine to five. They don't have a lot of goals and aspirations. Mm-hmm. Having a family is their goals or aspirations or whatever the fuck it is. Right. And that's totally fine. And that's like, I don't want to like be all preachy and like shit on that. It's just that like, I think a lot of people aren't that way. Right. And I think a lot of people do want to achieve more, but I think we are just products of the system. Mm-hmm. We mash and, you into a little box. And a lot of people yeah. don't understand how to get out of it. And I think it's the biggest, most frustrating right. thing for for my generation, especially with piling on student loan debt. Right. A lot of people graduate with credit card debt. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a lot of people, it's like there's so much shit online. Like millennials aren't buying houses. And like, <laughs> millennials, why do you think that is? Millennials aren't saving for retirement. Yeah. It's like, well, I'll buy a house if you take away my student loan debt, no problem. Right. Because I pay rent right now. And if I just add that payment onto it, yeah. I could buy a house. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. It's like, no. it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah. it's like there's a reason the economy is the way that it is. Yeah. And uh, the 2008. Wall Street bailout didn't help. <laughs> and uh yeah. I think I'm I think I'm one of those people who's uh who's always paid attention to that type of shit. Like when I was in high school, I was very aware of what was going on in the economy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I read I've always read the news. I've always read the New York Times and Fox and CNN and mm-hmm. I like seeing the comparisons uh across the different, you know, right. liberal right left agenda. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and it's like it, it, a lot of people just like a lot of people don't pay attention. And I'm trying to educate a lot of my friends that don't vote and shit. And I'm like, guys, like the only way anything's going to change right. is if you vote. And unfortunately, I was one of those kids when I was 20. I didn't really understand the point in voting because I was like, wow, system's fucking rigged, man. Mm hmm. But, like, realistically, the only way to change any of that is to get enough people together who say we are going to change that and fucking change it. Absolutely. And it's, <laughs> it's like, the weirdest thing that uh, 
it's the weirdest thing that like in 2008, 10, 10 years ago, we gave like one of the biggest weirdest things, and they were just talking about it on the Joe Rogan podcast, is that they gave the Wall Street bankers their bonuses that were promised in their checks. Right. Because it was in their contracts, even though we were giving them hundreds of billions of dollars to bail them out. So so we gave them money because they destroyed the housing market. Exactly. And, and then they all made wanna, money on top of that. drop something on top of that. Yeah. So at that time, while you were living in Lake Havasu, well, government was making sure the bonuses were given to, to bankers who also you know do very well. Yeah. Um, I was a first-year teacher. Thereabouts. Like... Pretty, pretty new. Yeah. Um, my pay was frozen for seven years. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys can think about like y- y- your own income, whatever. Oh, I understand. Like, if it was stagnant in for several years, yeah. Uh, cost no of living, the cost of living like far outpaces what you earn. Yeah. So that that was hard. And my dad was a teacher in yeah, like Havasu. He taught at Jamaica. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's a second or third grade teacher at Jamaica yeah. for like 10, 10 years ish. Yeah. Now he teaches down here in Chandler. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, he'll 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 get better, but taken better care of. Oh, he's doing. It's better now. Yeah, for but sure. At that time, like it was. I mean, everybody was getting it, but it was just hard to you know look and see people who were already doing well still doing well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like uh, uh, like I was very much affected by all of that shit, just like everyone else was. Like my parents. When I was a kid, they owned two houses. And then after the housing market collapsed, they had filed bankruptcy and didn't own any houses. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's like, it's not like it didn't affect me, like being in a small town and Mm -hmm. like having parents who were school teachers. Like, like all that shit, uh, it it, it destroyed the economy in such a way that it's like, like uh, a lot of people my age don't understand, and a lot of it's, in my opinion, it's just circling back around to happen again. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, you know, things. There, there's never anything new. Everything just it, it just occurs in cycles. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, and and you kind of, I don't know. It's like I, I I try not to get too spun up about things anymore, and I try not to yeah. get too, um, too into the politics of it. You know, I'm really, really hardcore libertarian, and uh, yeah, I think a lot of people in our generation are. I think that that's. I think it's the natural evolution here. Um, it's silly to me to watch people chain themselves to ideology just because, like, we're in red and you're in blue, or yeah, whatever. Like, it's it just weird. doesn't. Well, I don't think it adds up. It's just. Uh, I think it's just something ingrained in our culture that's like. Uh, with like the evolution of technology and mm-hmm. social media, mm-hmm. I think it's only natural that politics and uh, state structures are next. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's like our generation kind of started uh, in this weird evolution uh, without the the sixty year olds yeah. being involved. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. And I think it's going to be interesting in the next 30 years to see what happens well, the, um, when all the 17-year-olds now are 
in their 30s right. and 40s and okay. we're in our fucking 60s and 70s <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to think of but um, i think it'll be different is what i'm saying yeah i i would tend to agree um the like the way that the, the pace that things are changing i mean with it, it's just, i mean it's crazy to think that we've been online since what 1994 like 1996 like something like that like just about 20 years yeah like how much has occurred in that 20 year span to today and i mean social media what 2006 2005 oh man i got my myspace profile seventh grade sixth grade early 2000s yeah so i mean it it, it is <laughs> it's it's still like it's, it's, it's fairly new shout out to tom um right. yeah. i still see people uh, you ever see like trolls on twitter or facebook with tom's profile picture yeah i love that shit pretty funny it always makes me laugh because i'm oh, like man. ha I'm one of like the last generations who knows who Tom yeah, is. I like, get, you know? I get that reference. Um, <laughs> it's a couple couple years younger than me. They don't understand dude, I, who Tom is. I I have a Twitter. I haven't been on it in several years just because it got exhausting yeah. to read people get so invested in things that like are not gonna affect their day to day. Oh, totally. So. You know, I would just read it, you know, to scroll through it. Okay, I'm a xenophobe, I'm a racist, I'm transphobe. Oh, <laughs> I'm this, 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 this. All right, cool. I'm just I'm just gonna put this down and leave it alone. And I, I recently yes. just got back on Facebook because of my business, but I've been on the gram for a while. I like I like Instagram. It's uh it's, it's not very easy. personal. It's very easy, yeah. it's not very personal. Like I you know, I don't wanna hear about your your personal politics it's on Instagram. Not, like, not I wanna, like I wanna see your dog, I wanna see what you ate. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's about it. Just keep it light. I'm with you. I yeah. know. I think Facebook for me, and I think for a lot of pe- people, has turned into uh, kind of just like a news feed. Like mm-hmm. you just see posts from like, and you don't even know what half of them are anymore. You're like, uh, I don't know if that's a real website or not, but it right. says like this crazy shit's happening. Yeah. <laughs> no, <know>? basically. <laughs> like, um, what the fuck is going on, Facebook? Right. And uh, and then Twitter is mostly just it. Twitter is very political now. It's mm-hmm. very much uh, people just sharing and re re sharing um, political shit. Yeah. And uh, it's well, weird. It, no, I kind of like my <laughs> from what I'd seen at Twitter. It was it was people who like minded people jerking each other off. Oh, that's for sure. That's that's pretty As much. Joe Rogan always says it's uh, echo chambers. Oh yeah. That, and, that is uh, <laughs> tribalism, and uh, yeah, that's about it. I'm, I love Joe Rogan's fucking analogies on shit. It yeah no that echo chambers a it's a pretty good example yeah. I think for what goes on on there. Um, oh, no, it I don't totally get, is. Try not to get too too spun up about anything like that. Facebook yeah. it's uh, it's a means of communicating for business for, for me I, like, yeah. I try try not to get too serious but I, th- I think actually like we talk about like a lot of like millennials moving towards being libertarians um, and I think it's just being b- b- just being bombarded with that kind of like people's politics on Twitter people's politics on Facebook people's politics on Instagram it gets to a point with libertarian like movement where you're just like I just want to be left alone. Totally. I can make better decisions than you. <laughs> right. Like, like the Ron Swanson, right. like, like, uh, capitalism is God's way of deciding who is smart and who is poor. 
<laughs> say something like that. Um, and, and, and yeah, basically, um, yeah, it's like I that's fine. Like you guys can can be over here like arguing yeah. um, on like why you know bomb stocks are the coolest or why they're the worst thing ever. Um, I will be working towards like something productive. Yeah. So it's like you know. Have you have you have been listening it. to my podcast? Um, I listened to the the Daniel episode. So that's like what I just said on on one. I was like, uh, I really don't feel like uh, a lot of our generation sides with the left or the right. No. I think a lot of us are, and I wasn't talking about what the subject you just were guns and stuff, but uh, like gay rights and trans yeah. fucking rights and shit. Um, mm-hmm. I was just saying, like a lot of our generation is kind of in that weird mindset of. Oh wait, are you guys still arguing about that? Yeah, it's a, it's a curb this high because like, we're done talking not, about that because we've already just accepted all of that. Exa- yeah, <laughs> like got that, over that's, it. That's pretty much over and done. And with. Like, we don't even have to talk about it and be like, "How do you feel about that?" And right, <laughs> like, no, because we're all just like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, <laughs> it's over and done with. Like, um, just don't just don't stare at I, me in the bathroom and I we're fine. I mean, I well, don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't, and and I think. Obviously, we're talking about, like, societal nirvana <laughs> that'll never be. Mm-hmm. But if more people felt like what you do doesn't necessarily affect me, like, you're not stepping on my toes exactly. by pursuing what exactly. you want to pursue, that's fine. Um, yeah, if, if you're not harming me and mine, I, I don't necessarily care. That That's my yeah, personal you viewpoint you about and I'll it. do me. But, like... It, it's interesting sometimes to talk to people if you can get them to talk to you because most of the time they just they replace like uh, making points for speaking more loudly <laughs> and and that's not necessarily the way to do it but it, it is interesting to uh, to talk to people sometimes that have views very very different from your own yeah and just to try to to not because you want to argue but just to try to understand why they feel how they feel absolutely like if you know there's Adam and Steve, you know, if they are, are they, why are they going to hell? Like, why, like, why, why is what they're doing such an affront to you? Absolutely. Um, I, I never really understood that. And in the, the trans thing, like I think of, you know, going back to teaching and I, I had no opinion on it. I'd never had any experience with it, whatever, but seeing, you know, kids that are 15 years old that are not trying it on like that that actually that's who they are that that is who they are um the amount of negativity and and friction that they experience on a daily basis is um sad it was really really sad like watching Oh, I remember knowing a couple kids I yeah, went to school with. Absolutely. Just just see him walking around, just shoulders slumped, head down, just crushed because, you know, their parents don't get it. They don't want to get it. They don't want to try to get it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It was it was tough to see. I keep talking. Sorry. Oh, no worries. Um, yeah, the uh, whole. Oh, we're good? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, right on. I uh, wanted to see how much time was on that memory card. Oh, no worries. There's still two hours. But yeah, just seeing 
kids go through that. Like even just dealing with like gender issues, sexual preference, whatever. Like watching those kids struggle was just it was hard. Yeah. Um, and dude, I don't have a preference. Like, not I don't think like one thing's right, one thing's wrong, whatever. Like, if you're not hurting anyone. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My only issue is, uh, uh, I think those kids need to choose for themselves. And my biggest mm. issue with the whole thing is, uh, like the shit they're doing in Canada where they're allowing parents to like yeah. do hormone therapy on right. kids under like 10. Yeah. And I think it's disturbing. And yeah. I think, uh, there's some, like some hyper liberal freaks out there mm-hmm. who need to chill the fuck out. Because well, they're not scientists, and like yeah. I just think a five-year-old who wants to dress up like a girl exactly. as a boy right. should be able to do that. But I don't think you, as a parent, needs to inject them with something they don't understand. Like Certainly a fifteen-year-old, by the time they're in high school and they've gone through mm-hmm. puberty, they probably understand their decisions a little bit more than that yeah. five-year-old well, when you're taking them to the doctor every week. Okay, so. You at 17 years old had, generally speaking, your shit a little bit more in a pile. For sure. Than your average teen. So, like, I don't necessarily think that you need to try to undo biology. Um, And I I, I actually think it's criminal to (laughs) put put hormones like that in in a child. I agree. Um, I don't. I think it should. It's absolutely ridiculous. They legalized it as well. I don't know, like having seen what those like, and they are children, having seen what those children go through who, you know, really are, you know, confused about their sexuality, whatever, um, it's terrible. But at the same time, like if you identify as a particular gender that you're not um, and you decide to be that gender, do you do you need to like try to change your biology? I, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, I think if there was, I think we could chalk it up to if you hit the age of 18 and you're an adult and you want to do that. Yeah. It's like, we just said, like, it doesn't affect me. Go for it. No. But when you're in a parent making a decision for right. the kid, right. I got a big issue with it. Absolutely. Um, it's the same thing with like, um, any other shit you want to do, uh, for your kid. Like, I'm just saying, if a mom decides her 16-year-old needs implants, it's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're going to allow your fucking parent to sign off on that shit? Yeah. It's weird. No, wait till they're 18, and they can make that decision. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, for me, it's on the same level as, like, cosmetic surgery for right. kids right. or whatever. And and people, people like, again, the hyper-liberals, getting weird arguments where it's like, what about, like, braces? That's like <laughs> the same thing as like uh, changing your breasts, and I'm like, uh, no, nah, no, it's not. not like, not necessarily. Having straight teeth is literally like a it chalked up to, to a health issue. Allows you to clean them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just like there's like know. people who take every argument to such extremes these right. days that it, it gets so weird when it, you try to bring up those like small points. And and having that stuff in in like being in education as long as I was having that stuff in my face every day. Yeah. I shut down. Yeah. I like I literally couldn't bear listening to these dum dums 
go back and forth with each other about this inconsequential garbage. It's like, on the daily basis, like, how many trans people do you see? Like, is, if, is that such a time-consuming issue? Let me like, go to zero. Okay, yeah, I, 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 I got her to bed today. I went to work. I came here. Like, I, I never, I didn't have to interact with anybody. And if I did, cool. I'm glad. I hope you're happy. I hope you're yeah. having a wonderful day. I like to tell people <laughs> that too. Um, it's like such a, it's such a small issue that um, right. we like to politicize it in such a weird way. Like Republicans are so against it or mm. whatever. But uh, the only issue that like for me that people are against it is they're against like, you know, a hundred thousand people right? out of, you know, 356 million or whatever. But I mean, like there's, I don't think there's any effort to try to understand. I think it's just like you, you've there's, decided. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you decided this in your head and that's so, because you, you've made that decision. That's what it must be. Yeah. Like, I, they're just so like against it that they don't care about dude, like <laughs> they well, don't even okay. think about it like they're um, not like they're not like oh yeah it's actually only that small group of people right so and and I I felt a certain way about and we don't have to go down this road but it was just an example of something that that like a a, a hinge hinge moment like a pivotal point oh for sure um I was talking to uh, a lady when I was you know just starting out so I was twenty two years old teaching she's in her 60s, she'd already retired and come back out of retirement. She was teaching um, English second language students, who most of which were illegal immigrants. And you know, I think I was bitching about having to, you know, accommodate you know these people that shouldn't even be here. And she's an older gal, and she was just like, "Oh, sweetie," <laughs> and I was like, "She's like, if you were on the wrong side of that fence, and your children had the opportunity to live a better life somewhere." you'd put them over yourself. And I had never considered that at any point. And I wonder if people that you know, wag the finger and, you know, get all political about it, stop to think of it on the humanitarian level. Oh, they don't. No, not at all. And, and that's why, <laughs> not, but, to, not to bring up like a poor subject on that one, but that's why uh, no one cares about gun laws or ages until it happens at their school. Yeah. You know it, what I'm saying? I would love to talk about that. Yeah, well, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, Could you do me one favor and shut that fan off? <laughs> oh, it's blowing up. <laughs> yeah. I'm all, like, uh, complaining about being hot earlier, and now I'm, like... Freezing? A little cold because it's fan blowing on me. Uh, thank you, sir. Oh, no, not at all. Um... Yes, the the school shooting, um, school shootings, um, they hit home for me uh, every time. Yeah. Um, because I'm out of school every day. Yeah. I work at one. Uh, my dad works at one. My girlfriend works at one. Um, so like it is, it is an issue I care a lot about. Um, guns are. I'm a big fan of also though. Uh, I was born and raised in Arizona. Yep. My grandpa uh, was a Marine. There you go. He's a competitive gun shooter, just which cool. is pretty fucking badass. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's like a three-gun shooter, shotgun, pistol, and rifle. <laughs> he 
he's he's gangster. Yeah, it's OG. Um, but my I've I've respected firearms since I was a kid, and I have a take on it that it's a problem for sure. There's things we could do about it. Absolutely. Right. I'm not gonna say that giving stressed out school teachers a gun is the answer. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about it as a previous yeah. teacher. So, but uh, my favorite, my favorite joke about that, not to make light of it, but um, most teachers, have you ever seen them try to even use an overhead projector? Oh, they struggle so struggle. hard. Struggle. My dad. Struggle. My dad. Sorry, dad. Yeah. You could do the math on how old I am and how old my dad is. Mm. Um, Technology is not his friend. And I don't want my dad carrying a gun at school every day right. or his colleagues. Right. Right. So, um, I mean, it's also just that, like, I don't think people understand how dangerous guns are when they say things like that. Right. Because me as a gun owner, right. I respect them so much that I would never fucking say, <laughs> hey, would you like to hold on to my gun for an yeah. hour? Could you just could you hang on to this point? Could you just right. uh, put it in your pocket? Mm-hmm loaded and uh, um, nothing will happen and it'll be fine. Well, I mean, okay, so you, you grew up in that culture. Like, you grew up in a gun culture. I didn't. Absolutely. But I moved into one. Okay. And um, it's something that I became interested in a little bit later in life. So it's in, you know, it's a very, very different culture where I grew up in New York regarding weapons and firearms and all of it. Just all of it. It's a completely different culture. So here, um, I've been really fascinated in like probably the last like four or five years with it and especially owning a business now um, and, and kind of reading up on, you know, getting more into like libertarian politics. Like no one cares about my shit or my family or cares about me as much as I do and no one's going to do as much to protect it. And I feel really strongly about that. Absolutely. Um, but about, you know, so I think like, yeah, I'm pro Second Amendment, but there's some things that we need to look at. Some like serious conversations we need to have, not just yelling at each other for sure, and not just throwing back and forth infographics on social media because we're, sure. we're better than that. Um, I do enjoy doing that. Though. Oh god, I so have fun. said, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to get better about it. I, I've trying, I'm trying to get a lot better about it, and right. I have lately. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> that share button is dude, fun though. Oh god, isn't it? And then uh, uh, being a troll is a lot of fun, too, because mm-hmm. a lot of people get rage mm-hmm. and pissed, and you're like, well, um, go well. I'm sorry to go on. No, 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 no. I was just, uh, I was thinking, like, I, Florida, in my opinion, is going in the right direction with it. So I've said, when this whole thing happened, you know, I was talking to some family, and uh, I, I used the explanation of how first aid and CPR works in schools. So... I don't know, like, let's say if you were a tech teacher at a high school, there might you might have a relatively small department. It might be three teachers, four teachers, whatever. Um, like web design, robotics, whatever. So of those three to four teachers, um, one at least is going to be CPA or C- CPA, CPR or first aid certified. So you have to take a class, you have to get a certification for that, whatever. Um, I really like the idea of doing what, you know, TSA does. Um, TSA puts air marshals on airplanes. You don't know who they are. I, I like that idea in education. I think that having 
someone, one, two, whatever, uh, people on campus that have a firearm under lock and key. Like volunteers or um, trained I think trained. Yeah, for sure. It has to be someone trained. Certified. For, for sure. Like, even like, you know, like, like Daniel was talking about on the podcast, like, um, even people with training sometimes don't react. For sure. Sometimes Absolutely. will surprise you with how they react. And yes. I think I, I love watching people throw back and forth these arguments about, you know, arming or not arming teachers. Like, one thing I think we can agree on is that if a gun goes off inside a building, it's fucking loud. And you don't even know how you're going to react to that experience. I could tell you from shooting something I was not prepared for a little too close to my ear. I have definitely lost hearing and eyesight for a couple of seconds from a gun going off too close to my head. Right. Because it was just so loud. And I was Mm -hmm. like, and I don't know if I lost eyesight because it shut my eyes. Right. But the fact is, I don't know what happened for about five seconds. There you go. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, um, yeah, there's there's no, I don't think there's a replacement for experience like that. Yeah. But I think that it's it, it's a viable option. And, and I know that Texas had the conversation about looking at the number of student bot, like students that were at a school and then coming up with a figure that was based on that. So it was like if it was one firearm to every 500 students or one to every thousand, I, I don't know what, you know, they had thrown around exact figures but it uh it made sense to me yeah um and and just i i probably sound like a crazy asshole but i've i've sat at tabletop exercises with police officers and you know they'll sit down and they'll ask you the question you know in an in-service before school starts like okay um you know second period just ended we're we're on our way to third you hear a succession of 11 sharp snaps what do you do so I don't know. Dude, what? Can you say that again? Okay, it's a passing period because... Say that again. Yeah, okay. say that again. You hear a succession of, uh-huh. ele- of 11 sharp snaps. Uh, yeah. Pop, 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 yeah. pop, pop, pop. It's not, it's not like anything you've ever heard at the school before. It's, yeah. not, it's not someone slamming a locker. Yeah. Uh, what do you do? You wouldn't know what to do. Exactly. I think my reaction exactly. was what people would do. They'd be like, right. what? Right. <laughs> what happened? So... Um, no, um, and I was asking you to repeat it though. My reaction was bad because I'm a little stunned. It happens. Um, <laughs> no, I agree. Um, that's why I asked Dan, yeah. someone who's been yeah. literally right. shot at. Yeah. Does that happen to trained professionals? Yeah. And he's like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." Yeah. Because you know we train as much as we can here, and then you go over there, and who knows? Yeah. There's there's no way. Um. That you could you could even anticipate how you react. Absolutely. Um, but I I know, and I know this for a fact. And I think that if you sat down and you t- you could talk to, you know, an an elderly lady who's working in the classroom, that if, if something happened, like that that teacher is going to go out on their shield. They're going to do whatever they can, um, because you know when something bad happens, there's whatever there's. 25 28 little sets of eyes looking at you like what are we do what do we do now like you're yeah. you're the person in charge like you're res- supposed to be responsible for my safety what's next yeah um so you know there's there's been you know a few different places that I've been and every you know place kind of has their own protocol and and how they handle these things and I think that I I was at a school here um in in Phoenix 
and I, I liked their attitude towards yeah. it. Like the so they they have an armed school resource officer. Okay. And you know we we know how that went, you know in in Florida, but um. But as we were saying that. You know, it can happen. It can. And like we were saying with Dan, um, there are, we don't know what happened for sure, like the whole fucking story. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily believe the details that came out of that either. But there are situations where someone like that would be told to not go in and wait for backup. Oh, for sure. But I mean, the the response in in Phoenix, uh, at least in in the East Valley, like where I was, um, is to go right at it. When it happens, like the school resource officers show up every day, like they're, you know, dressed like they're ready to invade Poland. Like For they're, sure. they're wearing, you know, the jacket, they've, they're carrying ammunition, like extra ammunition. Like that's what they're taught to do. And when something like that happens while they're going at it, they're taught to basically do an all call and anyone nearby, it doesn't matter if you are from this town or that town, or that town, whatever, if your car is near that all incident. the resource officers go no not all the resource officers. any car in the area so oh, like okay um i for i don't know, just use an example like if we're in scottsdale and there's a glendale car <laughs> there, like glendale's gonna go yeah um anybody who's there goes that that was basically the, the policy that was in place for that that district that i was in so yeah um that made a lot of sense to me but the other thing too is everybody's got their heads so far up their ass about active shooter situations like they're they're not the most common cause for school lockdowns. The most com the, the two most common are disgruntled parents and wild animals. So you, you think about that, like whatever Johnny or Joey's not supposed to be picked up by mom because you know she's on God, divorced God, parents. God knows what. I'm sure exactly. Adds to you know, a lot. so for sure, so people who aren't supposed to be on campus, right? So yeah. it's like you're trying to get some broad who's making thirty grand a year. To manage all kind, just all kinds of things that that may be above, you know, their their pay grade a little Absolutely. bit. Like you're, it's you're, above their pay grade for sure. Like it's it's a little bit frustrating. Um, um, so do you times. think that is the the way to go about it? Is with an armed resource officer I, I situation that, where every school has one. I, I wish that it wasn't. I wish it didn't have to be because like, so having, having like your calculus teacher walk around the classroom with a fucking Glock on their hip, like that's not an environment conducive to learning. It's not, it's not like, well, and, and it's my, hard to relax. My girlfriend made a good point And she said, if a teacher has a gun in a classroom, every parent has the right to know. She said, yeah, Maybe yeah. you could argue differently in high school, but yeah. for yeah. a six-year-old, yeah. the parent has the right to know that, yeah, that teacher's going to carry a gun every yeah. day, um, and, and my kid's going to be around it, and that's something I, that yeah. they're going to know about. I would have to think that. Because you have to tell the kids, right? I mean, or do you not have to tell the kids? I, I think that every, I mean, the same way that you have to have parents sign off on attendance policies at a given school, I think you would have to have parents sign off on on just that, that we there these things exist on our campus. I mean, you have to have a parent sign off on a G-rated movie or mm-hmm. a above G-rated movie. Right. Technically, yeah. Right? No, it's true. Like, <laughs> no, you're <laughs> if you're doing your due diligence, you're supposed to in, in, in that industry. Well, especially and, for second grade, it's like... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, there was... 
cars can be stressful. <laughs> Lightning McQueen. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I think that you need to um, make sure that, that parents know that our school participates in, in this kind of program. Um, yeah, I, right. I, and, and again, like, I hate that I'm even having to say this. I wish that this wasn't something that we had to consider. But this is this seems to be the world that we live in, um, and and I don't like the why everybody's so like a a you know AR fifteen AR fifteen AR fifteen like I don't like it's a big issue for well, me. Kalashnikov, <laughs> you know AKs have been around. Um, you know you, you could argue that AKs have done more damage. You know historically, I mean, let let's go back to you know the Thompson submachine gun. Like that's been in the United States for hundred years. People forgot what the prohibition was like. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I I don't know about a lot of people, but I paid a lot of attention in history class because I thought it was cool as shit. Same. Especially when we same, got same. on like Al Capone and stuff. I yeah. was like, what they were doing? What mm-hmm. like <laughs> mm-hmm. and running moonshine and shit. Back then was dope. Yeah. Uh, like the Tom Dillinger movies and all yeah. that shit. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, so it's not like these type of guns. Like It's nothing new. Automatic weapons are banned. Right. Like you can't just walk into a gun store and buy a gun that shoots a thousand rounds a minute. Right. You just can't. But... But people don't understand. Like, my biggest issue is the uneducated and the non-knowledgeable preach to the other uneducated and unknowledgeable online. And then they form these echo chambers. Yeah. And all they can talk about is their incorrect information. And, like, an assault rifle is not an AR-15. An AR-15 is an assault rifle. But an AR is just a brand. It's yeah. <laughs> it's an yeah. Arlington rifle or an yeah. Arm- Armalite yeah. rifle. Uh, and, like, people, they don't get it. Like, people don't no. get it. Like, no. I always say, like, you could you could do the same thing with a shotgun. Like, put 200 rounds in a drum on a fucking right. semi-automatic yeah. gun. And whoever's trained enough puts that thing up to their shoulder Hits right. that trigger fast enough, yeah. and you can do a lot of damage, like with Absolutely. with any type of firearm. Absolutely, but I, I just think, in in just to, I, I had this conversation with a client in studio, and uh, she was espousing the evils of the semi-automatic rifles, and yeah. you know she was like, you know, and I and I said, you know, okay, like look at look at an AR, it's it's black, it's scary, whatever. Look at this one. And it's, you know, a wood rifle. And she's like, well, that just looks like a hunting rifle. I was like, this is a Kalashnikov. This is this is an AK. This is the same thing. Yeah. Um, exactly. It's a heavier caliber, actually. Like, you could argue this thing, like, you know, there's a reason why. And AKs are actually highly more produced. Yeah, exactly. And, like, there's... A, All over the world. Well, and that's why there's freaking Soviet AKs that are still in Afghanistan shooting at Americans today. Because you can drop the fucking things in a puddle yeah. and it'll still fire. Like I like guns that are made the same as they were. I have a 1911. Okay. Uh, Very cool. I'm a big fan of... Yeah. Uh, Old old style guns because it's yeah. like they got that shit right. Well, if it ever jams, you can years just hit ago. someone with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever, eleven pounds, nine pounds, whatever. Oh, fuck it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a hammer for sure. But that's, I mean, people don't care to understand, and 
I I was one of those people. Like I can remember when Aurora happened in Colorado when I was still teaching and thinking how absolutely insane it was that this kid had the same I mean head to toe was wearing the exact same body armor that the the first responder the SWAT guys had. Like that's crazy. I think the, it was the only reason they were able to tell him apart from one of the guys that was actually on the team was that he was wearing a cod piece. And that wasn't oh. something that they wore. I don't. I don't know. I'm, that's so uh, so long ago. I, we could I, Google it. I mean, we we probably could, but that was the only thing that I, I guess made him stand out. And I just remember being like absolutely blown away and thinking that it was so unnecessary for people to have access to these things. And I just think that like now, it's the world that we live in. It's naive to think that like policy is going to change anything. Absolutely. Um, I also think a big issue with that is mental health. And um, people really like to ignore the fact that uh, a lot of these people are like deranged and are off their medication or are on their medication. And one of the side effects of their medication is having psychoactive fucking paranoia breakdowns. And no one's fucking paying attention to all this shit that's overprescribed. Yeah. Not to jump the shark on the topic, uh, yeah. I, I pulled up this uh, this article that says the NRA sued Florida to block part of the new gun laws. Did you hear about that? I did not. Um, so the NRA, uh, Florida moved their minimum wage to the, the, 21. The, yeah, the to purchase firearms. To purchase a gun. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the NRA is suing them. Because the, you know, the federal government says it's 18. Right. Um, basically, that's the gist of it. So and what? so my biggest issue with it is that I did say, like, I'm, I'm fine with the NRA. They're just a group of people who like guns. Mm-hmm. I did also say they do fund a lot of shit. Yeah. This, to me, the fact that they're suing a state over a state's law and and this could have happened before i'm not super familiar with how many people the nra sued over the years mm-hmm. but my biggest issue with this is i feel like the nra just took a big step into being a political party yeah, yeah. and that's, uh <laughs> that's actually a valid concern i feel like that's a big um, issue you know um cuz that that to me you're like now a corporation is infringing on a state's Laws. Oh, and I don't want to talk out of turn because I couldn't put an exact number on it. But there's more firearms in the United States than there are people. Like we know that's a concrete fact. Oh, that's a fact for sure. But there are only something like are there even 90 million members in the NRA? It's it. It's oh, not. I'll, I'll, I can Google. Yeah. That. Like what's what's the number of members of the NRA? Like I don't even want to say a number. <laughs> I love Google. Um, it's an honor to uh, be here today on behalf of more than 4.5 million moms and dads and sons and daughters in every state across our nation right. who make up the NRA. Right. That was in a speech in 2013. So okay. it's probably more than that now, but so the, I'll try I mean, to find a better number. It, no. Well, I mean, it's, it's probably close enough, but it's definitely, for some reason, I thought it was like 9 or 90 or I don't know. Um, that would be super, super high. But I... Myself, I'm not a member. Um, not sure I necessarily agree with the role that they play in politics, which is why I didn't want to support it 
Uh, someone's yelling outside. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Some lady screaming. Yeah, sounds like it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry if anyone hears that. I was like, what is that, right. man? I right. thought maybe I was playing a video, mm-hmm. and I was like, fuck. No, uh, this says about... Uh, it's probably about 5 million people. It says surpassed 5 million no. in 2013, but the road to 10 million strong... Uh, whatever. Right. I don't know. So at least 5 million people. So there you go. That so was that, the Washington. That's post. a pretty good size special interest group. But like, I didn't want to support it just because I'm not necessarily sure I support their, their role in politics. And, and I definitely believe that after Las Vegas, like the issue with bump stocks, like no one uses bump stocks. I don't know anyone that owns a bump stock. I feel like bump stock was probably offered up by the NRA to politicians say here, ban this. Because no one gives a shit about totally. it. Leave us, leave our other stuff alone. Make a big issue out of this irrelevant thing. Um, you know, I think you could argue that actually a vertical foregrip on a semi-automatic rifle is a bigger risk than a bump stock. Like if you put a vertical foregrip on a semi-automatic pistol, like you're in ATF pound me in the ass prison. It, that you know that's that's federal. So you put the same thing on a rifle, cool, pistol, no, 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 no. Like, I don't understand that discrepancy. So it's like, uh, you know, I I tend to think that someone benefited from offering, you know, the bump stock thing up. And I'm not not a conspiracy theorist guy, but, like, that was one I feel like after after Vegas. I really feel like (laughs) the NRA probably took a good hard look at things and said, uh, all right. We should probably make some concessions here. No, I'm and with they you. offered something goofy like a bump stock. I'm with you. I said the same thing. I've yeah. used one bump stock in my life, and it was garbage. Yeah, and it actually made the rifle almost non-fireable. Right, because it, it kept getting stuck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "No, this is fucking horseshit. Like, yeah. just take this thing off and let me shoot this gun." Right. Um, and I just don't. I love conspiracy theories, and the only thing I didn't like about that Las Vegas thing is that they said you did it with a bump stock. I was like, mm. I was like, I don't know with the with a pretty well, solid rifle, you don't need a bump stock to do what he did. Um, so, no, I mean there was some weird, there was some like very weird legal loophole in Nevada that the shooter was able to get a Vietnam era automatic rifle as a historical. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. Um, then it, what the fuck did the bump stock thing come yeah, from? Yeah, I don't know. There was another weird like he he was able to purchase a, a Vietnam era like, automatic weapon. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a big one. Uh, I couldn't even tell you the name. Like you could probably Google it. I mean, um, there is. I mean, I will say like I did say automatic weapons are banned, but there are people there who are, get yeah. licenses who are allowed to build them. Like right, but I mean, like at this point, like and mate and, and well, that them. that particular rifle, I remember reading right after Vegas. It had been in service with the military since Korea, and they used it through the Vietnam era, and they are still kicking around the country. So you could technically buy one as like an antique. Um, I don't know if they realize if they if anybody is actually tracking how many of these things are around and how many of them are like functional. Who knows? Who knows? But that was definitely a situation where one was used. I don't know. The NRA fucking records every phone call, so. Uh, I don't know, man. The NRA? Did I say the NRA? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They might have those resources. The NRA doesn't. uh, The government does. Thanks, Snowden. Yeah, but... uh, (laughs) 
I like to tell people. Do you ever have talk about like Alexa spying on people? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Snowden? Did you not see the movie that came out? Like he fucking is ten years ago. He said everyone's getting spied on. They right. don't need Alexa. And it just it just <laughs> happened the other day where I was having a conversation um, with somebody through Instagram, like a, a potential client had like applied, and I forget what they were, had referred to. I think it, they said something about about like, oh, I'm into shooting or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And then, you know, the very, like, so I exit out of the conversation and go to my newsfeed, and there's an advertisement there based on the conversation that I was just having. And I'm like, God, I hate that I have to have this. Like, I really, I don't like someone knowing that much about me. But if you think about the little hints that you drop online about yourself or your lifestyle yeah. uh, every single day, uh, they're out there. And I, I, I don't consider them, but someone somewhere probably has a, fat dossier about you right <laughs> i know um that's been all over the news lately uh yeah. like uh the ads like the pushed f- ads to yeah. facebook that people are like my phone's fucking listening to me man yeah. like i was having this conversation yeah and like there's like some bizarre ones yeah. uh that like dude like uh went and bought an engagement ring for his girlfriend like uh paid cash like so he didn't use a credit card like he never really told anyone about yeah. it and then uh he had like one conversation with someone uh like at work or something like that and then uh he said for like a whole like week all he had was like wedding ads yeah. and like engagement rings ads in his feed and he's like what the fuck? Yeah, I like, it. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> what was the? Uh, uh, I feel like that's I'm trying to remember. Conspiracy well, there was right no, up. but there actually was. Oh gosh, I'd have to look at the model. I think it was an LG or a Samsung. It was one of those two model televisions that was actually. It, it came through that the government had the capacity oh, to, yeah, use, yeah. to use the camera on the television. Yeah. Um, the camera shit's disturbing. It, it is. Uh, but it was, I cannot remember the name of the the the, the company. I, I probably shouldn't have said either one of those, but whatever. Um, oh, that's fine. No, it, it's something that I'd, I, <laughs> you know, I'd read months ago, but it um, it's not something that keeps me up at night, but it's definitely something that I'm conscious of. Yeah. 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 It's um, weird. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean... Just uh, I, I guess going back to the school shooting thing, like, yes, I think. Oh yeah, pull that back up to your face. Well, I was gonna say I think Arizona's on the right track. I, I I really do like because you know we're talking specifically about Arizona. I I like what we're doing here. I think what Florida's doing it, it's somewhat like necessary. Um, I don't. I don't know if those 16 and 17 year olds that got together to protest weapons actually did that on their own accord or if someone who stood to benefit probably helped organize it, throw money at it. Um, I tend to think that that's probably what happened, but it is what it is. So people, you know, they're reactionary in nature. Yeah. And absolutely. Every time something happens, it's, we need to act. We need to act. We need to act. It's like never, never when things are going well do we want to examine what we're doing that maybe is a failure as a culture yeah and absolutely it, it's hard it's hard to watch oh we hate admitting, admitting that like we're failing no one will ever do that no but i mean that and all that's all it makes me want to do is shut down yeah like I, it makes me not even want to be a part of it and just like i'm gonna be over here with my business and my family and 
<laughs> I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take care of things, you know, the best that I know how. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Like the only, the only thing, and I didn't even think about it until this, like this girl's like tweet went viral. Uh, she was like, yeah, that's great. Like, um, but I'm 18 living on my own in Florida. And now you just took my right, uh, away to protect myself in right. my own home. Right. And she's like, you just put like a big target on 18 year old girls who right. choose to live by themselves yeah. in Florida. So, and I yeah. was like, it's valid. And I made a pretty horrible joke about it on Facebook. <laughs> um, but, but it is a valid point. Like, I think she does have a valid point. And I think it's, it's difficult in that sense that like, it is a constitutional right that you can bear arms. It doesn't say anything about age. Right. Um, it, okay. So going, going off the age thing, I had this conversation with a former student of mine who was in the Marines and you know, he, he hit me up and he's like, what do you think? And, uh, you know, we got into it and he said, well, you know, I was lugging an, a fully automatic rifle when I was 18 years old. I totally. Said, a lot like, of Marines. Have been yeah, exactly. That. And I'm like, well, you were also one in Afghanistan Two, uh, you had training, you know, a at 18, at 18 years old, you had a lot of training. Like most 18 year olds I know, um, are not <laughs> some people that I would just randomly like hand you know, sure. a loaded firearm to and say, here, you know do your thing like no like he he was well well trained and they have to learn um, a lot before they're even allowed to touch again exactly so that that's part of it and and i i don't necessarily disagree with the age hike for semi-automatic weapons i think if you want to allow you know an 18 year old girl to purchase a certain class of something let's see why not but i think that bumping you know the the age limit the legal age limit from 18 to 21 for semi-automatic rifles is not that big of a deal i think uh, <laughs> it's as big of a deal as people want to make it and i know that the nra crowd is afraid to to give an inch in any direction because they see it as a slippery slope but the I, I nra th- in my opinion just sees it as a decline in profits it's, like, it's, oh, it's less very less possible 18, less 18 year olds are going to be buying fucking rifles well now. you know i think it's you know, we're probably looking at it to, you know, like, like their motives are completely altruistic and they're, they're probably not. You're right. It probably is related to, you know, the bottom line. What are we bringing home at the end of the day? That kind yeah, of thing. They're like, ah, sales in Florida are going down boys. Exactly. But I, I don't, I don't know. I just know that I can control what I do. Yeah. And what I choose to do is, to take care of me and mine and my business and my family. And that's really all I want to do. And I don't, I I don't want to deny you your right to manage those things on your own, but you know, I I don't know how long it takes for the police to get to my house if I called, but I know that my 357 responds at 1400 feet per second. (laughs) That's what I know. That's that, accurate, and, and I yeah, and I don't mean I don't mean that like I'm a, a, a gun maniac, like I'm educated. I he's a maniac. <laughs> like I'm educated, and I'm a peaceful person. I'm a good person, and uh, but I don't. I'm not so naive as to think that everyone else is also a good person. I am. I am right there with you, and I don't think Florida. Uh, setting that law is is a problem i don't have a problem with it um i 
I mean, I'm pretty sure the law here is 21 for a handgun. It's one of the two. Rifle is 21, handguns 21. I, I think it's handgun hand 21, 21 and yeah. rifle and shotguns are 18. Yeah. Um, which makes sense because we have very lenient uh, open carry and mm-hmm. uh, concealed carry laws. Yeah. Um, and that prevents uh, basically 18-year-olds from doing that. Right. Um, which I agree with, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think 18-year-olds need to conceal carry. No. Um I will say that being in Arizona, I I do feel somewhat safer. And I don't know if that's a false positive, but I know that there are so many people carrying weapons. Right. And I've heard so many stories. There was a robbery down on 35th, I think a year ago, that got stopped at a Walgreens because a concealed carry guy just shot him. Yeah. And the you know the guy was pointing a gun at the register there, and, and certain an states, old man yeah, was there. Yeah. I think it was like a sixty year old dude. Yeah, yeah. He just took out his gun and shot the guy. The, yeah, I mean, there's a few states that like it's it's pretty well understood. Don't fuck around. Yeah, and and like, I think you know, Texas obviously has that reputation. Like, yep. I, I think the the culture in Arizona is like pretty similar. Absolutely. Um, and like and I said, I don't know if that's a false positive, I, but yeah, I, I kind of either. feel like it isn't. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but it, at the same time, like with, um, you know, we've had like one mass shooting in Arizona and it was in Kathy Giffords down in Tucson. And I don't know. It, it's just, it's a nightmare scenario to imagine uh, a, a mass shooting like that happening in Arizona and bullets flying in both directions. I agree. Because you, you don't want people in a crowd all of a sudden drawing down like, you know, I mean, there was a whole lot of talk about people in Las Vegas. Well, if they've been able to carry down on the strip, like, no, like I was like 400 yards away. You're like, fire bullets from the strip yeah. into a tower where people are sleeping. Good idea. Children and shit. Cool. Like, you don't know who you're shooting. That's just, right. See, and that's what I mean about just naive, uneducated people saying yeah. stupid shit. Like, yeah. A, a, a responsible gun owner would never even, and that's why the police didn't shoot at him from the ground. You can't, no, unless you have a sniper, right? Like, are we? Or they're firing he, one shot. Is he twenty five yards away? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you can't just shoot up into a tower. Carrying down on the strip was going to do nothing. No, 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 no. So, um, that I mean, it it's scary, but I I do like the idea of having to you know certify to be able to carry at a school if you are a person that's gone and done your due diligence and I think it should be on a volunteer basis um, I don't necessarily think that a, a paid stipend is going to be feasible in, in most districts but at the same time I don't know for like the individuals I, I know where I'm from in, in Buffalo, New York. Like the the county uh, that the city of Buffalo is in, they moved towards having gun owners like register their their weapons. Yeah. And within like a week, something like 350 thousand applications have come in, and the manpower to actually go ahead and like process all that didn't exist. Like so, it's going to take them I don't know how long years to get, you know, dug out from under all that. And that's only the people that registered. And that's on day 1. On day 1. So it's like yeah. you think of all these people that think it's just going to be this like 
easy logistical task to oh, yeah. to categorize like to, to like track every every firearm that's out there when like we said there's there definitely are more guns than people absolutely on, you know North America so uh, I don't know um, I kind of like the idea of you know people knowing as little of my business as possible for sure. I'm yeah. all for that, but then again, I don't have bad intentions. So I agree with that too. I um, I don't know. Um, a lot of people throw around weird ideas about you know like registries and you know people who can be like you know on a safe list yeah. or you know yeah. like uh, you know like this, the TSA. Yeah, like this person is clear. Yeah. Like yeah. they fly in the fast lane yep. or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I kind of get that I do because I'm one of those people who like to be on the fast list, right. and I feel like I have never given anyone a reason to think I would infringe on my rights mm-hmm. to bear arms by taking someone's life with one. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, it sucks that you have to word it like that. Also, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's like <laughs> it's like. <laughs> It was, it was, well, you you put it well. Yeah. It's just such a, it's such a tricky subject these days. Like, I don't, um, it's a climate that like you have to be careful how you navigate. Like, um, I don't, I don't talk about like, you're the person I've talked the most to about my opinion on, on firearms, whatever (laughs) in, in a very long time because it's, it's, generally such an unpopular thing arizona kind of being the exception it's like they're kind of gun nutty whatever but um no i I don't really like every day have that conversation like if you go to social media like there may be a couple of pictures of my business partner and i like hunting that's a whole different thing um but i I just don't want to put that out you know into the universe and have people you know associate what they know which is by and large ignorant with with me for sure absolutely and and it sucks that it has to be that way because you know oh yeah there's negative stigmas on it oh for sure like i mean fucking i got some power tools that are pretty scary too like i could you know should i keep those off social media i don't know oh man i always make that argument too uh There's <laughs> the social media thing's interesting. Um, it's always weird to me when a, a tragedy happens, and the first thing they do is start picking apart like, like the kid's social media. Yeah, and they're like, "This kid posted this on social media mm-hmm. two years ago, and it's yeah. a clear indication." Right, and I'm like, "Oh, really?" Mm-hmm. Because his 80 friends were all online when he right. posted that shit, right. and they all read it. Right. Like, and it's like. Do you know how social media works? Because I do. Like, mm-hmm. people see shit in their in their one one minute time frame, and then it's gone, and like you never Dude, see it on your feed again. Even. Like, and it's it- <laughs> so funny because with um, you know, having to use social media a little bit more for business now, I've learned more about it in the past like year or two than I ever imagined I would. For sure. And to look at like the statistics that come through when you have a business page through like Facebook for for whatever example, like yeah, um, if you put up a video about I don't know, podcasting and it's, it's a two and a half minute long video. Most of the time people don't make it out of the first 15 seconds. Oh no. Nope. It's the, the, like the number of people that get past like the 15 to 22nd mark is 
solo. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I think people maybe give social a little bit too much credit that way. Um, absolutely. What ab- absolutely drives me nuts are people that, you know, send, you know, thoughts and prayers. It's like, God, maybe we could have avoided this if you sent more thoughts and prayers. Um, yeah, that, I don't like it I, I don't, like, I, I feel like it's like piling on, like almost like virtue signaling. And it, it's hard to, hard to watch. Like well, every time a, someone puts the overlay on a profile picture yeah. about the most oh, recent absolutely. tragedy, um, it's like, it, it, it's me too. Have you, um, oh, it's for sure. Me too. Activism. Um, yeah. have you, um, do you watch stand up comedy a lot? Or, I'm familiar. Uh, Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah. It's like his, it's like his yeah. joke. Yeah. It's like literally word for word. His joke. He's like. People all they immediately get on and say thoughts and prayers, oh, thoughts and prayers, so and he's like, all that is is, don't forget about me today. Yeah. Don't forget I exist today too. Yeah, basically. And uh, here's my post letting you know that I exist too today. Right. And it's not like a, it's not like even a genuine like like who after they tweet that like goes back to eating their lunch and continues thinking about the tragedy and shit. No, I like, it's like, they just, they, they feel better. They tweeted about it. They right. move on. And it's like, it's all it is. It's just a, a give me likes and uh, mm-hmm. I'm involved. Yeah. Um, and it, you're not, it's no, weird. I, I usually try to steer clear. If, if anything, I, I think of the, of a hemming, like, it's like someone I admire very much is Hemingway always have. And, uh, I just always think of the the line from the sun also rises with, you know, the world, the world's a fine place and and it's worth fighting for. So, you know, I I think about that a lot. I, but I usually try to keep that shit to myself because there's people that are actually dealing with serious things. Um, but man, I, I couldn't even tell you the, uh, amount of these things that we're dealing with here in the United States, like I don't think it's stopping anytime soon. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like, I mean, so you mentioned Rogan a couple of times, like Jordan Peterson. Uh, he's, you know, guest that he has on there quite a bit. S- social psychologist from Canada. Like he was talking about how in Canada, they do not publicize people who commit particular types of crimes. Absolutely. And I think that's huge. Like if someone knew there was zero incentive for carrying out this this nonsense, this this evil, um, you know, and ending innocent lives, if they knew that their face was never going to be anywhere, no one was going to be discussing their cause, no one was going to be discussing their motivation, that they would just simply like be blinked out of existence after yeah. their, after their after they commit you know suicide by cop. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that would change things. I think it would. I think the media is a big the big. The biggest influencer in today's generation. Well, if it bleeds, it leads, right? It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's a problem that uh, a lot of people, I think, are starting to notice. Yeah. That the media just won't let it go. And no. the media does have its own agenda. For sure. Sell ads. And <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and they keep drilling it yeah. home because they want you to tune into their channel because you agree right. with what right. their channel's saying. Right. And- it just gets more and, more and more salacious. And, and we don't yeah. need to put 
their face on and we don't need to talk about it two years later when they go to court finally. And we don't, you know what I mean? Like it it continues, like it's a, it's a vicious cycle for every single fucking event. And I do think, um, that is a problem. And I do think it could be solved. Like realistically studying media studies. Like I understand how corporations work. Like fucking put in media directors, broadcast station directors, whoever producers, on those stations who say we will not run those programs. Yeah. And even if they're sending people out to film it, to keep up, you know, media, you know, so people see them covering the event, you know, keep up, uh, you know, safe face in that situation. Great. But then when the 12 o'clock news comes on, that shit never airs. Well, it's just never, it's never a part of it because everyone collectively says, we're not going to talk about that fucking guy. Well, like, think about, like, the media 80 years ago, 70, 80 years ago. Oh, yeah. With, like, like FDR. Okay? So, yeah. the leader of the free world lives in a chair most of the time. The media knew it. Did they Did they publicize? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing? Or, like, like with uh, presidents that have stepped out on their wives. Like, the media knows this they oh, yeah, didn't necessarily they didn't necessarily like publicize it and it was just out of like re- like regard for the office oh yeah and that's like a such a shitty low key example but like how about out of respect for the victims of an animal like that maybe don't trudge it in front of yeah you know people's faces or like i think one of the sickest things i see is when they list all the names of the victims yeah and then they share that on like a poster that some company created, yeah, you know, like look at the names of the people we lost, yeah. yeah, and it's like I understand the point, but how disrespectful is it to all those people who don't have a say that you're putting their fucking name on that poster yeah. for your um, propaganda? No, and campaign. I yeah, just, and back to the the yeah. media about eighty years ago. Um, the media has changed for sure. Yeah. And one thing uh, I did say on another podcast, uh, it's just like I read it online. It's such a like a true statement. Uh, or maybe it was on the Jerry. I don't fucking remember. Mm. It was one it, back then, a hundred years ago. There was one story. Doesn't matter what it was. The radio, mm-hmm. TV news. Um, the media had their one chance, their one slot, their one hour to give you the news. And it had to be accurate. It had to be the same fucking thing. Yeah. The president came on. It was all just broadcast live. And then you never saw it again. Right. It was one message and you didn't get to like argue with it. Instantaneously. Didn't didn't have 15 second sound bites. Yes. You didn't have, (laughs) you didn't have 10 different sources playing at the same time, giving you 10 different stories about the same thing. Right. And that that is a real problem. And I don't know how we address that. And I don't know how we reel in the media in that way. But, like, people are getting upset. Like, I don't know if you know, like, people are getting kicked off YouTube. Uh, YouTube's taking kind of a more left stance yeah. on a lot of shit. Yeah. And a lot of the tech industries do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're kicking a lot of, like, alt-right media off. Yeah. And people are like, oh, like, it's all news, it's all right and shit. And I'm like, well, isn't that part of the yeah, problem that yeah. you're calling it, like, alternative news? Yeah. Like, that they're just giving you an entirely different set of facts? Yeah. Like, yeah. and they can't, they don't have a TV station because mm-hmm. even broadcast networks 
don't put up with that shit. Yeah. So all they have is YouTube channels. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Like, and, and people <laughs> are like, no, we need those YouTube channels. And it's like, no, you don't. Like, just no. go read Fox News or, you know, <laughs> the New York Times or CNN or whatever you want. And it's like, what? You don't need Alex Jones giving you conspiracy theories on people, online. People love their teams. It's weird, though. Yeah. It's like yeah, I mean, even the lies, even like the lies. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, it totally is. Like you talked about, you, you threw the, the tribalism word out there earlier, man. People love their teams. Yeah. Love their teams. Like there's, it, it's so it's so funny to me that people like shackle themselves to that because it's like, what are the odds that whatever this, like, so whatever, you're a 24-year-old kid living in Arizona and there's a 67-year-old man in South Carolina and he is a Democrat and, and you are a Democrat, so... Everything that this sixteen or sixty-seven-year-old man in South Carolina thinks, like you identify with, you agree with, like that's to me seems like so fucking bizarre. Yeah, like it is so bizarre. he speaks for you entirely on every single issue because you're on the same team. That's bizarre. Like you have the benefit of very different experiences, and, and I just don't. I, I never understood that. Um, why can't like I'm sure both sides like have the best of intentions, and why can't you just like look in and say like, oh, I, I agree with this person here. I agree with that person there. I just never understood why it has to be all or nothing. Um, and I think that all or nothing is like a dangerous, a dangerous road. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a real problem. Yeah. Because that's when, you know, people start beating up people that aren't on their team. <laughs> and yep. that's, that's supposed to be the exact opposite of what we're about. Yeah. Here. It's what I think, but yeah, I don't know, man. Just own a gym. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know we can totally get on a happier topic. Yeah, it's totally is. fine. <laughs> I know it's so hard. Um, I think one of my uh, it's really difficult uh, to uh, for me, like the school shooting and stuff. It's so prevalent and it's so like big on uh, the media lately. It's so hard to not talk about it. Yeah, but like at the same time, it's like. <sighs> People need to understand it's okay to sit down with someone you don't agree with and, and like, it, like it's fine. Like you, don't, <laughs> like, you don't have to fucking agree with your grandparents on exactly. gun laws and, or your parents. Like, um, it's just, like, I think that's, that's one reason I really enjoy doing a podcast. And it's just, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't want people to, to be afraid of having like these weird conversations. Like I know a lot of people who don't like posting on, on Facebook, like their opinions. Mm -hmm. Cause they're like, Oh, my family would see it. Yeah. And I get that. But at the same time, like why can't all of that, all every person involved, your family just be like, I respect your opinion. <laughs> no, 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 that's not how it works. What happens is you, you, you say the unpopular thing and then you just get piled on. Totally. Yeah, for sure. Because you're you're half a tard and everyone's gonna jump you. on your back. Oh yeah, for sure. So uh no, man. It's uh it's silly. But at the same time, like I don't um I I don't participate in that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I don't really unless like I'll, I'll if I throw something out there in a conversation, usually it's pretty innocuous. Like I'm not trying to play devil's advocate. Uh, I'm not trying to bring up some like new stunning point to turn the conversation in a particular direction. Like, yeah, I'm I'm not trying to alienate anybody because you know, I'm just a businessman. Like yeah. that that's all I'm trying to do. So I don't want to say something that's going to make people um, 
not be comfortable to work with me. I'm with you. Yeah. Oh, professional settings a lot different for sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. But like the, uh, <laughs> but it's weird just to think that social media has become that for me. Oh like, yeah. Um, like I really just want to take pictures of my dog and the barbecue I just ate. Like that's I'm really about that. Oh, absolutely. But it's not so much. Uh, <laughs> You know, that's not so much what I use it for anymore. Oh, man, I'm with you. Oh, we could change the topic really quick. Let's get to something happier. Uh, do you like Arizona sports? You're a hockey fan, right? Yeah, I grew up big-time big hockey fan. Where'd you grow up, Buffalo? I did. Grew up New in York. Buffalo, New York, so I was rooting for the Sabres. Um, yeah, I don't know. Since I've lived in Arizona, though, I do root for, you know, Arizona teams. Yeah, I, that's something. Are you that, a Cardinals uh, fan? Yeah, I went, to, I went to, actually, this was my, did I go to two? I went to two or three games this year. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, no, I did two this year. I had to think about it. I have uh, season tickets. Nice. Yes. Very cool. Like, it was um, one of the guys that works with us is, uh, he's part of a tailgating club. So it's just, dude, it's just a bunch of, you know, good old boys with jacked up trucks that, you know, roll out a bunch of barbecue grills and everybody hangs out and plays bags for a couple hours before a game. And it's a good time. I really want to step up my tailgating this, this coming season. I highly recommend it. I got that. Got that cooler. I've been trying to, trying to make some additions. You know what I mean? Um, You know, it's, it's, I imagine it's like anything else, just baby steps. Absolutely. Uh, you know what I mean? Start, it starts with a cooler. Yeah. Then, you know, it's a generator. And I then, mean, we do tailgate. Like, we always show up early and drink beers in the parking lot, but right. it's not tailgating. Right. Like, we're and talking if, about, like, you got to be on the grass. If so people don't know, like, if you're one of those people who've never been to a pro, fo- fo- ugh, pro football game listening to this, you got to go to one and go hours early and find some tailgaters to hang out with. Because it's, it's a, a whole yeah. different breed of shit. Like, it's... <laughs> I mean, people go all out too. Like, if you don't yeah. understand, like, people have TVs, they have multiple grills, like, uh, a yeah. lot of awnings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of. <laughs> and Cardinals well, do the contest that they have the best tailgater. Yeah, the they do every, and it, it's cool. Like this, uh, the the group that I you know have gone with a few times. I think it's been like, you know, twice a season, a couple times last season, but. Um, depending on who they're playing, these guys, they're, they're cool. They're good, good people. They're dorks. Like they get together yeah. and they, they plan their, their menu for the season, depending on like who That's they're, who they're cool. playing. So it's like Philly is like cheesesteaks or Seahawks you know, is like, uh, they did, uh, chicken wings for, <laughs> for the Seahawks. I was going to say, uh, either cool. bird, like chicken wings or right. seafood. I've yeah. seen a lot of people um, make seafood. What was it? Yeah, they they did some they did some fun stuff. It was cool. Uh, we had a good time. <laughs> it's fucking cool. A lot yeah. of the stuff they do is really, really interesting. Like, uh, oh god damn it, what was it? It was like bacon wrap something amazing <laughs> that I was just like, they made that in the park. Yeah, lot? like culinary. Like, yeah, no. There's some people that are like seriously like serious food heads that are yeah. like taking their 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 food prep in you know a field on a grill like yeah. pretty seriously like. There's some time invested. There was a guy who had like an air fryer hooked up to a generator. Like I didn't even know air fryers were a thing. Um, it was it was pretty cool. So it's uh, it is a good time. Like but probably like the 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 experience. Like if you're there to just watch the game. Like I mean you can you can get away with watching it at home. But like I'm gonna, if you're gonna do it, you got to go tailgate. I will always always tell people that. I enjoy watching it at home just as much as I go to the games. That's see, that's rare. But I the, feel like most people feel the opposite. But they're entirely different. Yeah, they are two different experiences. And for sure. people don't get that. Like I love going to the games, 
But staying at home is totally different because you get to see replays. You get a pause. For sure. You you actually know what the penalty was for. Yeah. There's some things you miss <laughs> when you when you go live. Sometimes you go yeah. live and, and like it's like a, a timeout for 10 minutes and you have no <laughs> idea what's going on. And then a ref just comes on the field and it's like penalty this way or whatever what and like, yeah. wait what the fuck <laughs> and then they come back out and they start playing again and you're That's like cool. i have no idea what happened I, uh, <laughs> like, they, you know i try to keep i i go you know one or one or two times a season and yeah. when i go i usually try to throw down and get some and get dumb seats that's that's what i like to do um in 2020 my buffalo bills come to arizona so i am gonna i'm throwing Throwing down the house to get just fifty yard line seats. I don't even care. Oh, that's so there's gonna be just a bunch of like overweight, pale Buffalo people just in the first two rows, just, <laughs> just packing. Man, it. Uh, <laughs> I love I love teams that fans travel. And oh, and especially like bad teams, like not even like super talented ones. Like the Bills, you know, yeah, they haven't yeah. won anything since. An AFL championship in 1964. Dolphins fans and stuff too. Like just a lot of these people that come across the nation. Yeah, they're like they're just hardcore, diehard people, and I love it. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. But the people I hate are like you know the Niners fans that come. The biggest issue in (laughs) in Arizona sports is we haven't won championships, and no one will get behind the fucking teams. Yeah, and uh, it's so sad that like people won't just support the Cardinals. Yeah. And but they're not going anywhere. So no. that, I mean, you got that going for you. Like the that the the issue with like Buffalo is it's a smaller market team, and they're not yeah. super successful. So they're kind of like a Green Bay in that they don't have a gigantic uh, local following. Like the New York Giants, like they've got zillions of people in the city and in Jersey that are rooting for them. Like Green Bay, they're a little bit more scattered around the country. Like, that's a small market, small place to have a team. Like, Buffalo is also a small place, relatively speaking, to have a team. So it's like every couple of years, and actually probably like, I think it might have been like 2011, 2012, like a bunch of like ballers threw down and they were trying to bid to buy the bills. And like one of them was like Bon Jovi. One of them was like was a group led by Donald Trump. That's so cool. And they were like the first thing that they would have done is move that team north to Toronto. Yeah. You know, I mean, they already play a game or two in Toronto every year, so that would have sucked for all the Buffalo fans. Um, yeah, Toronto, it's like, I mean, it's like Canada's New York City, just cleaner, and the people are way nicer. Um, but yeah, looks so like most of the time, if you see Toronto in a movie, or if you see New York City in a movie, it's either Vancouver or Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they they play a couple games there every year. Toronto's a cool city, but at the same time, like. I don't want to lose my bills. Yeah, right? No, yeah. I always say that about the Cardinals. Like, uh, Dimebacks have always been kind of in this weird flex because mm-hmm. uh, where the Dimebacks are right now, they've had so many weird uh, problems with the city on paying for, like, renovations yeah. and they're part of the contract and shit that, yeah. like, they've threatened to leave like, yeah. in the state if, yeah. you know, another town won't take them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it sucks. It be, that, yeah, like, it would be sad. You don't have enough fans that buy tickets that like fund this shit. Mm-hmm. That like, and that's that's what I was saying about the Cardinals. Like half our when the Niners come, Seahawks half the stadiums wearing the half other jerseys. The stadiums yeah. wearing the other jerseys, yeah. and it's so painful as a Cardinals <laughs> fan. I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh. and that's what makes it better when we win at home. Yeah, because it's like fuck you, like yeah, <laughs> you seriously. fucking came here to watch your team lose, guys. But yeah. then when you lose and it's half the stadiums Niners fans, you're giving you shit. It's miserable. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and that just uh, that doesn't really happen other places. Like you don't go to the Raiders game and half the half the uh, stadium is Cardinals fans. Oh man, I uh, yeah, I don't know. I think about I think about that like. Every time I go to a, a game now, I remember going to like my first Bills game against the Steelers when I was like probably seven or eight years old, and just watching just some like gigantic. I mean, dude, I mean, he's gigantic to an eight-year-old, but he's probably three hundred pounds. He's a big, big, fat guy, and he had all of the beer cans that he had drank that day taped together in like a walking staff. And uh, I remember this guy he just he smelled like piss and puke and beer, and he was like, "You know what they call us in Pittsburgh?" And I was like. No, <laughs> he goes. We call this a mixed drink. <laughs> he just like he just ambled away, and I remember seeing the same guy like later in that day, like throwing up on the ground. I was like, no, oh, this is football. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I remember going to a game in uh, in uh, ASU Stadium when oh, the Cardinals God. played there. Before uh, they got the new Glendale, it was stadium. 160 degrees because the sun was five oh, yeah. feet over and your head. And they're all just metal benches. Oh yeah. And uh, I went to a game. <laughs> it was me and my dad, and it was uh, Aaron Troyer and Nick Ewald. Oh, I haven't heard those names in a minute. And uh, yeah, right. Nick lives down here. No way. Yeah, he's a not not in Levine, but he lives uh, he lives in Phoenix. He works uh, up in Glendale, I think, oh. in Peoria, maybe. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but uh, we went to a game, and within, I think, the first quarter, this drunk asshole spilled his huge beer all over us mm-hmm. and the bench we were sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> it probably evaporated as soon as it hit the bench. Dude, but it was like, as kids, like we just smelled like beer just and terrified. like sticky yeah. and shit, and my yeah. dad's like all embarrassed yeah. and like pissed off at the guy, and yeah. like, and uh, at like the end of the day, is like, well, that's what happens when you come to a football game. Basically, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that's the just, risk of having kids. Yeah, basically, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I would take young, young, young kids. Yeah, I think we're games. in like seventh or eighth grade. Uh, but yeah, that's probably. I would say that's bunch probably of most year olds. cases are okay to go. But yeah, like like little kids. I'm not, I'm not sure bringing them. But oh, uh, a lot of people bring little kids, and it scares me, man. Yeah. When people start arguing, I'm like, there's kids. <laughs> right, they're right over here. Like, go outside and you know murder each other like civilized Niners fans. Yeah, I know um, some people. People have been kicked out of games for fighting, though. I'm not going to say names, but <laughs> you know who you are out there. <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy that that hasn't happened with any of uh, any of the guys I've gone to games with. But uh, no, I I will. Uh, same thing. Like if a Buffalo team comes out here, like the, when the Sabers come out to play the Coyotes, like I always, you know, throw down and buy like some pretty good seats and. You know, I, I'm not a huge uh, going to games type guy, but when I do, like, when the hometown comes out here, I'm definitely going to catch it. Of course. Um, I would be the same way if I, if I moved anywhere and, yeah. the, and the Cardinals or yeah. Diamondbacks or whoever Came played, I'm like, yeah, you I'm driving two hours it's to co- see it, that it is, It's cool. Like, it's a special thing because you don't get to go all the time. Like, so, I mean, especially with, like, like, nothing that comes from Buffalo is that good or special or wonderful. So, like... That's like part of the charm is that it's kind it's kind of shitty. I feel like Arizona has that in common with Buffalo. Yeah, kind of like we won the yeah. we won the World Series and we're we've been riding that for exactly. seventeen. That's years. fine. You <laughs> never you never have to stop riding that. It worked. You did it. Um, it happened. It's so bad. Um, oh man, um, I've never actually been to a Coyotes game before. They're, they're, I have never a good time. been to a hockey game because. I grew up in Arizona, yeah. and uh, hockey's well, just—it's uh, 
of like live experiences for sports, it's one of the cooler ones. Okay, like, hockey's really, really. I do cool. like watching the fights. Um, yeah, you know, and that's <laughs> something like it. Uh, it's kind of unique that way, in that there's like a little bit of a culture in the in the game, like with it. Um, you know, like if you sit down and like watch a fight, like the way that it's done today <laughs> is different. So like, you know, before, you know, guys go to throw hands, they'll point at their helmet and that's like saying, are we keeping these on or are we taking these off? Because, you know, I don't want to break my hand on your helmet or I don't want you to break your head on the ice when you fall after I punch you in the face. So it's like, they'll actually like, yeah, no, yeah, no. They're all polite about it. Yeah. And then they'll take it off if they're not going to. So like if you, even if you watch movies, like, uh, I think they do it in Goon, maybe they do Goon, that. I like um, Goon. Yeah. So that, that's part of it. But like literally, that's that's the culture of the sport. So like, um, you you have like talented players, and you, you have, have players like that are not so talented. Yeah. If you haven't seen the movie Goon, check that out. It's a Sean it William Scott movie. Pretty worth checking out. I think he wrote and he might have directed it. Um, I but can't, I, can't I know that was quick. one of his like his like uh, special projects he was, he wanted to work on. It was a lot of fun. And I think they made a sequel too. Yeah, they did. I <laughs> I definitely uh, have them both on iTunes. It's uh. It's a guilty pleasure. It's it's there's like zero brain cells involved, but it's a it's a good time, dude. Um, yeah, with uh, with that whole thing, like, I don't know. It's you know, I blame Will Smith. <laughs> Why do you blame Will Smith? I blame, I blame the Fresh Prince, um, for ruining contact sports for everyone forever. Oh, for thank concussion? you, concussion. Uh, that movie can. How do you feel Jump about that? Uh, how do you feel about the CTE issue? Uh, it's definitely an issue. You're a former football coach. Yeah. A um, former football player. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know. It kind of a freaks me out. Player too. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, yeah. What the hell are my parents thinking? Right, dude. I know. Put do me you in think bubble wrap. You have CTE. Uh, statistically speaking. Yeah. Uh, for the amount of time that I played those things, I should. <laughs> Is it like, something you've thought well, about? Th- no, like, there was a there was a Boston College study that that came out like the 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 percentage of players that you know played at the collegiate level or like yeah. and they they broke it down like the collegiate level, the high school level, and then or sorry the high school level, collegiate level, and then professional level, and like it was drastically higher the the more you went for each level. So yeah, yes. Um, Did you it, play college sports? Yeah, and uh, I mean, it never crossed my mind the entire time I was doing it but uh yeah like there's well, it, you know if for, for people that are like football fans like yeah the, the physicality has been taken out of like the pro game it's been taken down like 10 notches same thing um even in in uh like professional hockey anymore if there's if there's a good hard clean hit doesn't matter if it's clean or if it's dirty someone's gonna punch you in the face if it's if it happened like Basically, if you ring someone's bell, just plan on turning around really quickly because there's someone coming to beat you up. Um, and that's just kind of like the culture, the, the way the culture shifted. It's not like... Um, but hard checks used to just be hard checks. Yeah, yeah. It was like, well, dude, you just got your freaking ass kicked. That's it. Um, and now, yeah, now it's like... I, and I think, you know, I, I relate it back to the Fresh Prince. God damn it, yeah. Will Smith. I love that. <laughs> I um, really do. How do you feel about like them taking uh, like contact sports away from like kids? Like um, mm. 
peewee football uh, is basically going yeah. away in a lot of states. And yeah, it's turned it into is. Flag football. Well, and and I think I, I I like the idea of having flag football for younger kids, um, just to teach like fundamentals and things like that. But I mean, like with uh, with ice hockey, there's not like you're not hitting, like you're not playing full contact until uh, you're a peewee, which is like 12, 12 years old. Um, so it's like those kids, you know, by that age, you're taught to you know, like handle yourself. So that's why I think like the, the flag football thing is not a terrible idea. So it'd be um, safe to do flag football until you're like sixth grade. Yeah, I think so. Why yeah. not? I mean, like uh, a lot of middle schools do have football teams. Well, yeah, I mean, in higher. Right. Well, mm-hmm. like, there, I mean, Income that's the, like the, uh, I think it was actually, was it Peyton? <laughs> Peyton Manning or, uh, I, I think it was Peyton. Keep going. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> I'm trying to remember if it was Peyton or Eli. Did they start um, a foundation? They start, no, they started playing flag. Oh, okay. That makes I, sense. And I, I think it, I think it may have been Eli, but I'm not positive. Don't quote me. But I feel like it's it's not a bad way to go. I mean, you can still well, learn all the fundamentals. Exactly, and like not the, you can have full contact. Develop like the decision making skills and things like that that go uh, along with you know like having to make decisions at speed and that kind of stuff. You like, learn yeah. plays and learn the positions yeah, and, for sure. Without you know getting your your bell rung, so yeah, that, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely like. Um, you know, people like I've said it are reactionary and everything we do is a drastic overcompensation. <laughs> so, overcompensation. you know, now when someone like has, you know, a, a head injury, it's automatically treated as like, oh, this person's going to be, they're going to have CT. Yeah. They're basically that's yeah. it. they're done. Done for lights out. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure, but I do know like for the football thing, like, Equipment has never been safer. It always gets better. It's unbelievable the kind of stuff that's especially out there like now. chest protectors and shit. It's like it's like bulletproof vests now. Well, like um, I think it's the I don't know. It's it's a Rydell helmet, but it has almost like a stop sign cut into the front of it, and you'll see them like they're they're newer. Um, but that is a pressure plate, it's like a shock absorber. Well, it it allows the whole like the whole shell of the helmet to flex. So it's not like a like a solid piece anymore that your brain would rattle around like a jump like a jelly bean inside. Like now the helmet actually is designed to flex and to give a little bit to help absorb some of that impact. Yeah. But also on the peewee level behind that little like stop sign thing, there's a almost like a pedometer that sits back there that like coaches or parents can monitor. Um, how many pounds of pressure have been put to that plate? I think that would be good. Which is kind of cool because, like, you can sit a kid down, and it's almost like a pitch count for, um, like, Little League. Uh, you know, if a kid throws a number of pitches, they got to go sit him. So it's like, yeah. you know, if you if you look at your kid and he's got, you know, X amount of pounds to the dome that day, like, maybe they're done. I don't know. Which the pitch thing is a, is a big problem. I mean, it's not like a brain injury, disabilitation, yeah. disability thing. Yeah. Right. But... I do know a lot of kids that threw their arms out when yeah. they were 13, 14 because they used to throw curveballs all fucking day. Right. And then they tore ligaments and their arms never worked the same again. Right. So, like, there are issues in yeah. sports like that all across <laughs> exactly. the board. Um, but And they're always getting better like that, like yeah. counting pitches. Like, the data always gets better. Yeah. And the sure. technology is continuing to get better. Right. So, I mean... And, and it, it doesn't matter because the kind of people that stand to benefit the most 
in like in professional sports are coming from like you know the majority of people are coming from a place in society where it's worth the risk you know like i went to the dominican republic like five or six years ago and i saw kids playing catch in the street with milk cartons for gloves you know, tell me that one of those kids wouldn't throw curveballs until their shoulder you know, fell off because uh, it means they might get to feed their family. Like That is true. Right? It's a, it's a little bit of a different story. So, like, you, you talk to some, some kid who's, like, growing up in, you know, the worst neighborhood in Chicago. Like, yeah, if that kid runs a 4-2, he might play football. Like, yeah. The, I mean, the, the risk to reward ratio is, is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I try to think of. Um, but no, like your average kid, I don't know. I don't think it's as big of an issue as the Fresh Prince made us believe. <laughs> I love that you call him the Fresh Prince. Dude, he's still the Fresh Prince. It like takes me a second. I'm like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah. What did Will Smith do, God dude? Damn it, Will Smith. Don't talk you shit You killed him. football. He killed football. That No one saw that movie. I know. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I I sat down and watched no it. I was like, that. I'm gonna give this a chance. No I was like, I did watch it. Yeah, I watched all the Oscar nominations. I immediately regretted it. Ugh. Uh, yeah, no, I felt felt it is fascinating, pretty terrible. But it is fascinating. But it, it's like one of those things that it needs a lot more research. And we can't, like you said, we jumped the gun on so many things that we oh, just like, sure. were instant band aid mode. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, that's a problem. Put a fucking band aid on it. Right. Like oh we can't have that happen again ever. Right. But it seems so like the only thing immediately. we're we're su- not super reactionary about is things that matter. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like instead of like let's trying to figure out like what uh, what we can do about you know automatic or semi-automatic rifles. No, this it's too soon to discuss that. It's, we're not there yet as a nation. We haven't healed yeah, that conversation. Right. But uh, God damn it, Will Smith is getting out there and he's he's asking the hard hitting questions about brain health and, and yeah. trauma and football. That's always a big issue. Is, yeah. is, is is like we don't address like the large, the right. large, <laughs> large glaring problems. Exactly. <laughs> let's overlook it and let's focus on you know how many pitches that kid's thrown today. I know. I know a lot of people are talking about arming teachers and there's a lot of talks about uh, teachers going on strike right now mm-hmm. in the Valley. And yeah. people don't like understand that because they're not paying attention to the rights of storylines. No. And no. it's like, dude, like it just happened in, uh, I think Virginia. Yeah. yeah, it was West Virginia. And, yeah. uh, and it worked. Yeah. They didn't get enough of a pay raise in my opinion, right. but it did work. Right. Uh, but now Arizona's 48th in pay or 49th or whatever in state, and now we're going down the same path. Yeah. But and, uh, I, I think the, the difference is Arizona is a, is a right-to-work state, so teachers' associations are not unions. Yeah. So teacher associations don't have um, the, basically the right to negotiate contracts. So there is no like educators' union here. There are there are associations, but those associations aren't really negotiating deals. Yeah. So if all of the teachers walked out, I think you've got a, a leg to stand on. But if they don't all walk out, it's like, yeah, it's an all or nothing thing. It's exactly. They could fire the ones that exactly. want to walk out. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I don't know. Um, I do know that those people don't get enough. They're not, they're not compensated. The way that I think they should be, but it was cool. Like, um, 
going like since going into business anytime that i can like i donate sessions to like raffles that's <laughs> just, awesome so like like just a couple elementary schools that are nearby like they were running around trying to collect stuff and uh yeah they uh I definitely gave some sessions and stuff like that. And, 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 you know, trying to advertise on like sports posters and stuff like that, that to me, it's like not going to really give much back to my business, but it's cool to me to think like, man, I was, I was there. I want to. That is cool. Yeah. It was, it was kind of neat. That's very cool. Yeah. I mean, it's always nice to, even those small little things. Yeah. It's just a goofy, dumb thing. Like I remember looking at those sports posters that, you know, were like for spring sports, they have all the kids doing whatever cool spring stuff. And then, you know, all the businesses at the bottom, like, kind of thinking like man it'd be cool if i got to be there one day that would that is it's such like a I minor mean, thing and now you're there yeah we should talk about your business though yeah. we're uh two hours and 10 minutes in serious yeah holy shit! isn't it great how it flies by yeah i didn't even realize that was it's <laughs> kind of a hike well uh we um, should definitely spend at least 10 minutes or yeah so let's just plug it real quick and then be yeah let's plug it real quick and be done cause. so the body shop gilbert uh yeah yeah that um that was your journey. Uh, we started talking about it earlier from you uh, quit your job as a teacher, yeah. took a risk on yourself to start the body shop Gilbert. <laughs> yeah. We are uh, up and running. It was funny because like my my first gig um, doing like nutrition, my first like paid gig because I did this, you know, it helped people for years because it was just something that I like to do. But, um, you know, since getting certified, like um, – my first like paid opportunity was to ghost write diets for one of those people we see on Instagram. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> so like that, you know, that gorgeous girl with a zillion followers, like who's selling you her like booty program, like you're buying it from a big bearded dude. <laughs> like that's what, like, <laughs> like that's who's doing your work. Um, How'd you stumble into that? Yeah. I just met some new some people. That was about it. That's awesome. And uh, yeah. And um no, it was, it was, it was cool, but, uh, did that wrote diets, um, was taken on, you know, then eventually that, that segued into taking on online clients and, uh, doing that while I was teaching, which was cool. And, you know, um, got about 20, 25 people that way. And then since, um, getting like with my business partner now and, and starting, you know, this venture, like the body shop, like we're, the, we're we do the body shop com, And then that's like our online consulting business. And then we have our brick and mortar. But uh, we built out um, basically a program through Google that all of our nutritional consulting is done. And uh, we just looked at some of the most popular like like apps that are out there for nutrition. Like my fitness pal is a pretty popular one. And we just tried to figure out the ways that it we thought it sucked, the way that it the ways that it failed. And we got together with some guys who are much smarter than us that helped us, you know, build this thing out. And uh, yeah, our dude, our clients really like it. Um so we you do. mean you didn't know how to build a website and shit oh, by yourself? Man. No, I had or uh, no make idea. a store or like anything. I said I can barely read. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so um, no, we had no idea how to do any of that, and and basically, yeah, we're using uh, Google Sheets, and and that's how our program goes, and it, it's been really really cool. So our clients like it because they're able to just work with it through their phones, and uh, it's like it's collaborative. So. You are working with someone online, but it's not like you you call and text this person. It's like you're working with them on this project, and your project is like essentially your meals. Um, we do you know flexible dieting, which is I don't know how I would describe it. I think like for as long as I've been doing this, it's the most sustainable approach to nutrition for people. Like 
Um, if you ask somebody to turn their lifestyle in their head like overnight, it's not going to work. It doesn't take. So It's like quitting smoking. Yeah, basically. Like cold turkey is not, for, for most people, it's not the way to go. They eventually at some point are going to, you know, fall back into that habit. But right. Um, no, the uh, like flexible dieting, like we just do, we do macros. We just look at you know, like protein, carbs, and fat. And you know, we're, we're not preaching to people that this is, this is healthy. This is unhealthy. That's not necessarily true. Like that's like putting human emotion on food. And that's weird. Like nothing comes out of your oven. That's going to fucking kill you. Um, pizza is just carbs and, and fat. Like it's a food that's high in carbs and fat. So if you need carbs and fat, great, cool, go for it. Nothing wrong. If that blows your hair back and that helps you reach your goal, rad. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can da- balance your diet with it, right? Yeah, well, like you can. Like if you want to eat sticks and dirt all day and save as much of your, you know, your as many of your macros as you can to accommodate pizza, you can do that too. It, I mean, it, it's, you know, probably a heavy-handed example, but like I don't care if you hit 1,800 calories in three 600-calorie meals or six 300-calorie meals. At the end of the day, it's still 1,800 calories. For sure. And unless you're like an elite athlete where we're taking like nutrient timing into account, which most people don't give a shit about, um, that's that's perfectly okay. Just hitting yeah. your 1,800 calories is your 1,800 calories. So that's what we've found to be like the most sustainable. And But it's not just calories, right? No, I mean, you're just looking at like grams of protein, grams of carbs and grams of fat like not all calories are created equal like that that's not <laughs> that is not a i'm a sorry thing. have you made a short with that yet <laughs> no, no i probably should I, I i'm gonna see cut if, this down into a has. three minute yeah. or a three second video yeah. and we're gonna put that on fucking yeah if, <laughs> <laughs> not all yeah, calories if, are if anybody equal. yeah no they're, they're not certainly um that i'm i'm like, calling it right now i don't i don't know when it's gonna happen we're gonna sell shirts with that on there. Not all calories are great. I like, <laughs> I like it. Um, no, man. It, uh, it's one of the things like like certain it, – it, it's, it's completely true. Like certain things have a, a different impact on people. And um, no two people are, are wired the exact same way. Absolutely. So that's why like a cookie-cutter approach is never – it's never going to put out the same kind of result. So it's like if someone just prints off a diet from the internet, like that's cool – that will work for someone else for a period of time. For sure. So, uh, yeah, man, it's not. Well, and you have to keep updating your diet well, based right. on I mean, like, how, how you're changing your diet, right? Exactly. Like, like your weight changes, you um, need to change your diet, right? Like, no, so what I, I always tell people is like metabolism, <clears throat> do, it, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. Okay. So it's like it doesn't exist on a straight line. Um, metabolism, it's kind of like a house plant. Like you have to take care of it. You have to water it. <laughs> you know, speak to it positively. Do all those kind of things. Um <laughs> You have, you have to take care of it okay. because it, it down-regulates. Like, that's part of our, our biology. So, like, homeostasis is what your body wants to achieve. And if homeostasis for you is 2,000 calories a day, for example, that would be not – that would be low for us. Um, if it was 2,000 calories a day and you put yourself into a deficit and you go down to, like, 1,800, whatever, then your body is – going to seek homeostasis at 1800 calories so you'll go to eight you know down 200 for a period of time and you'll experience a decrease in body weight but then your metabolism will slow down thinking that hey 1800 calories is my new normal and then when that happens most people make another reduction 
and then another and another and, and another. It's a and you're reta- to start yeah, exactly. It, basically, that's where it leads, um, because people on their own only know to restrict, just restrict, restrict, restrict. So I'll, you know, I'll, it's not like uncommon that I'll have people come to me, like male and female, that are eating like a thousand calories a day and doing hours of cardio because that's what they know to do, and they can't figure out why it stopped working. And it's like I, I always tell them, metabolism is not a constant. Um, it's like a campfire that burns down through the night. <laughs> like the less, the less that wood it gets, it just burns lower and lower and lower. That's a good analogy. It, well, that's it wants to keep you alive. Your your, your body doesn't want to die, and, and like dieting, <clears throat> like caloric restriction, is a slow form of starvation. <laughs> so your body recognizes that because it's fucking way smarter than you're you are. Just throwing t-shirt analogies Dude, out. Dude, I just campfire. all of them one. You need like, a podcast or something because um, this is gold. Well, you know, I try to do these stupid things on Instagram. I call them Tommy Talks. I know. Watch I them. Dude, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> I put them out uh, like once. I usually try to do like once a week, but um, it took me like a month to do the last one because no, like I usually try to answer client questions and the client questions I was getting were like super in-depth. And it's like, dude, Instagram videos are a minute. Like I can't bust this down into yeah. <laughs> a minute long. Like, um so, I mean, like, I could probably talk about some of that stuff for, like, 30, 60, 90 minutes, whatever. But, like, dude, doing a minute, like, eh. You should, man. I don't even know how that would go. Oh, um, why not? I, guess, I don't know. Um, I could help you out. We could talk, we could talk <laughs> about it if you want. Well, it's, it's funny because, um, like, even, like, I, I recognize the value in this. And I wouldn't do it if I didn't. For like, sure. So I have... I, I work with someone. Um, so I, you know, I pay someone that's, you know, much smarter than myself to, to handle this stuff for me. And uh, it's it's funny. When you get around someone who's really bright and really talented and, like, on top of their game, you, you, you really see what a dum-dum you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would be like, uh, you know, if, if you got to follow around young Jamie on the Joe Rogan show for a little oh, while man. and just saw his his setup and how he I'd be a you know, puts together a podcast yeah that's exactly what happens yeah um and i don't know like this this business fitness it's kind of like it's kind of like kung fu yeah like kung fu movies like who did you train under like that kind of thing <laughs> like like what styles have you learned like that kind of stuff um it's another t-shirt it's, yeah dude it's like like the wu-tang clan that's awesome yeah I do. I understand, but I think there would be. I think a lot of people would enjoy. Yeah. I tr- well, I just try to. I understand it's always a learning process. So oh, for like, sure. For sure. I think um, that's what I try to get across to a lot of people too. Like, uh, I used to know. I used to think I knew everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I reached an age where I was like, "Fuck, I'm dumb as fuck." <laughs> and I was. Like, <laughs> I think that that's that's like that self that self awareness is, is like a different kind of maturity. Part of getting older. <laughs> I think it is actually. You're just like, "Fuck, I am so." stupid yeah. like i i have started listening to so many podcasts and reading a lot more yeah and i'm just like god like i'm uh i'm so dumb in so many areas yeah. that like i have so much to learn you just become so more much. conscious of your deficiencies uh, for sure like, like uh, it's like what i found uh, about uh this whole like training nutrition diet whatever this this in industry that i'm in like you keep going further and further down this rabbit hole because you think that there's more to learn and yeah. you keep going further and further and further and further. And sometimes like I've gotten to the bottom and realized like, ah, 
you know, all the shit I needed to know was at the top. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sitting, I'm sitting here sorting through like the most minute details, reading like, like s- PubMed. Like yeah. I've done that on PubMed so many times, which is just it's a site that publishes medical studies. So like you, I, I could go on PubMed and I, I could read about like the effects of like supplementing with five milligrams of L-tyrosine on mental acuity, <laughs> and like I'll sit there and I'll be like to know everything about L-tyrosine and I'll just go like further down this like rabbit hole and um, I'm no richer for the experience. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> so, you know, it, um, it it's cool to know all of that stuff but, you know, I try, I mean, we, we deal with mostly lifestyle clients. Um, every now and then it's fun to take on like a pet project athlete. Like, um, right now I've got, uh, Two female powerlifters, which is cool. That's very that's, cool. That's very very cool. To, um, but you have a lot of regular people. I most yeah, like ninety five percent of my clients are just regular people. Yeah. But I've got like a couple like female powerlifters. I've got some like to bring that full circle chicks. about being dumb. It's okay to be dumb about nutrition <laughs> because there's people like right. Tom yeah. that will help you. Try to because it's okay to be dumb. Like we're saying, I'm so dumb about so many things. Focus on your strengths. One of them for sure is nutrition and yeah. stuff. I've oh. never learned like like formal well nutrition like I've never read no. a nutrition book. It was, like it, well your parents never learned it. So No, of course you, not. So it was not passed on. To I you. grew so up it, on like top ramen. Yeah. Uh stovetop yeah. cooking. Yeah. You know. So that, I mean, like hamburger that, helper. No, well, no one, no one knew any better. <laughs> right. No one knew any better. Well, so. and it's cheap, and it's just. I mean, right. it, it was. That's that's what families have done for. Yeah. For decades. Exactly. Um, and I mean that that's a whole other whole other show. Oh, <laughs> like sure. to get into like investing in food and food quality and stuff like that. But um. Oh yeah, I I there's a lot of things I thought about asking you about, and then I realized. You had a lot of your talks on your Instagram about uh, them. Oh, it's people could go check like keto diets and stuff. Oh yeah, that's a very yeah. big one. I had I to stop you, talking you about ketogenic about dieting. Yeah, yeah, I had to stop because um, so many people were, I think, not listening to what I was saying. They just wanted their questions answered. That I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm, I'm grateful that you guys watched this, but like, you dumb dumbs need to listen to what I'm saying. Yeah, um, you broke it down in that one episode. I can't remember what you you said specifically. It was something like, just like quick and easy. Like if you, uh, no, nah, I can't fucking sum it up properly. It was something about, uh, you know, you're cutting out your carbs, um, but dieting will make you lose body weight. Yeah, like it doesn't. Of, it doesn't matter regardless of your approach. So like, yes. there's so like, dude, I can literally tell you what new Netflix nutrition documentary is hot right now just by the kind of questions I get asked. I don't watch them. Um, what the health is a big Oh, off? fuck that thing. Um, <laughs> everybody and their mom was like, I think I need to go vegan. I'm like, a lot of people right. are going vegan. Yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> and I just like, it's, if it's done for the right reasons, I, I support you. I will help you. I've got, I've got vegetarian clients. I've got vegan clients. I just always want to have that conversation with them that it's being done for the right reason. Absolutely. Um, if it's simply for weight reduction, there's better things that we can do to like optimize your body composition. Like okay. we can, we can definitely do that. Keep talking. No. Oh. Well, it's uh one of those things that like usually whatever is the most uh, 
recent thing on like Dr. Oz <laughs> is what people want to talk about. And uh, sometimes it's frustrating, but people ask because they don't know any better. But I mean, even something like that Dr. Oz show, you pay for your spot. Like, he, yeah. the, like he's selling showtime to oh, for people sure. who are selling products. Like, yeah. Uh, like he did a bit a while back about raspberry ketones and and like raspberry ketones became like a legitimate supplement. No, <laughs> no. Like I, I would I would challenge people like go produce like a PubMed study on raspberry ketones that's worth a fuck. <laughs> Most people can't. It's so. just uh, arguably a new fad diet, right? Oh, yeah, that's I mean, basically it. Yeah. For sure it'll work if you do it properly. And Dude, anything can work. And you it's need just, to cut weight. Or yeah. Is it, like, I always just ask people, like, any. I always say that anything can work, but it's, it's a question of whether or not it's optimal. And if it is, like, there's a couple ways, like, to find optimal. Like, one of them, like, is it going to produce the results that you want? Um too like is it sustainable like if it if it isn't sustainable like throw it out and that's one of the reasons why i had to stop talking about ketogenic dieting because it's not like um it's something that i i've done in the past for like sprints short amounts of time um like four to eight weeks but like i like to drink a beer you you can't do that (laughs) on a ketogenic diet so you know even recently i had a, a someone like reach out to me and they were like really want to try keto, really like wine. I was like, well, you really can't do that because (laughs) um, that's like saying you want all your groceries in one bag, but you don't want that bag to be too heavy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Okay. Like it's, it's uh, like, like exactly just t-shirt ideas. I'm just just throwing out gems, bombs. Um, No, like uh, ketogenic dieting works. I mean, it's an evolutionary process that you have. Um, and it, uh, there's a process called gluconeogenesis by which your body converts fat into glycogen and then uh, ketogenic, you know. Gluconeogenesis. Uh, gluconeogenesis. Look it Damn. up, kids. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but I can repeat it pretty well. It's, yeah, it's a lot. Of, I think it's Spanish. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, there, there's like biological processes that are in place for when we were starving and we were cavemen. And, uh, and this is why people need to go to someone like you who has done the time. For sure, but I'm not to, like to have the knowledge that oh, so they don't just yeah. watch a documentary and believe it to be right. Because all those documentaries gospel. are spun so hard. But I mean, like, I always like I talk to my clients. Like, I've fucked up more ways than if they've ever tried. <laughs> like, I've done this for so long that I have a pretty good handle on what does and does not work. Um, practice what you preach. It, yeah, basically, like yeah. I, it's still something that you know I, I'm into. But uh, yeah, like I, I've I've goofed up more ways than they've even tried, so that they don't have to waste their time trying those things. Like I've hit all those potholes, so they don't have to. That's like always what I say. Um, yeah, like in, in ketogenic dieting is cool. It isn't really sustainable to ask somebody to give up a third of their Western diet. Like in 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 my opinion. Yeah. Does it work? Yeah, sure. I mean, are there benefits to it? Definitely. Like the ketogenic diet like came about because it like researchers found that epileptic kids had seizures in relation to blood sugar. So like insulin levels. When, you know, blood sugar began to drop, 
seizures occurred. So it's like, how can we take insulin and blood sugar out of the equation and just keep it very, very stable? And they found that by like pulling carbohydrates out of kids' diets and just feeding them protein and fat, they didn't have the same medical issues. So like, th- there are like certain health situations like where it can be beneficial if, if you need it to be. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of like people with like thyroid issues or autoimmune diseases, like things like that. Like there are legitimate benefits to it. But if like you just saw like oh, someone on Dr. Oz lost like 60 pounds in keto, I should do that. Like, chances are like, it's not going to be a a lifestyle for you. Just throwing it out there. Like, you're going to probably want to have a piece of your kid's birthday cake. So they're not looking at you like, why won't you eat my cake, you ignorant bastard? (laughs) So to bring that whole back around about uh, why keto doesn't work, your whole philosophy at the body shop is you don't have to suffer. No, I mean like, we don't lose weight and be healthy. Well, it, I mean, if you're going to ask someone to suffer, they're not going to comply. Yeah. But a and, lot of people do just suffer to kill themselves to lose weight. For think. sure. And, like, I mean, like, look, I always use Oprah. You know what I mean? She does it all the time. She diets down till she's thin, beats her metabolism to shit, then balloons back up because she starts eating the way she used to. Yeah. So, like, diets inherently end. That That's the Absolutely. thing. That's the thing about a diet is it, it always inherently ends. Like, the pure, the person who goes to get on like a bikini stage that eats chicken and broccoli for four months straight. Like that stops. They don't look that way forever. Um, the sustainability thing is, is the biggest part. Like if we can keep somebody like 70, 30 or 80, 20, like good food to like fun food. I'm, I'm happy with that. Cause we're still going to be able to move in the right direction. Create healthy and, habits. Right. Create healthy habits. But then also like when someone feels like they're being denied something, that's when it gets bad. Like that's when people want to go off the reservation and make like terrible decisions and stuff like that. And I've, I've seen it because they tell their brains they can't. Right. It's, it's it. when you can't have something that, you know, it drives you nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a natural human thing. Pretty much. But, uh, yeah, we've got, um, myself, my business partner, and, uh, we've got four people that work with us online. Um, all, you know, doing nutrition. So it's like, if somebody wants to work with a female, we've got, three gals that work with us and you know if they want to work with a male like we've got three so we do that online we've also got our you know our, our place in gilbert if somebody wants to come in and train in studio we do that um but yeah the website's just the the body shop gilbert.com and you know, i've got that linked up on my social media so you know, if people want to go check that out it's cool awesome yeah well yeah we appreciate any support yeah man i appreciate you coming on this has been awesome <laughs> it's been it's been fun i can't believe it's been a long you know two and a half hours it has been almost <laughs> two and exactly two and a half actually right now dope it's been awesome man i haven't seen you in uh fucking 10 years for sure basically i mean uh yeah fucking a 2008 <laughs> i would say so 10 years Jesus. yeah long ass time thank you again for coming in man well thanks uh, for having this me. has fun. been awesome uh just to recap i know it just happened you are at the body shop gilbert.com yeah Tommy Jeffrey. Yeah. If anyone Tommy wants Jeffrey. to hit you up for nutrition or uh, workout. Yeah, I usually just if, if somebody has a question, just like drop you know, drop a DM and like we'll talk about it. Like I, I try to um, educate people as much as I can. Like we're we're pretty open and above board and we're not trying to uh, just hustle people out of their money. Um, it can be a shady business like that, but that's not us. For sure. Yeah, everyone uh, who I know has gone to you has only said good things, man. I appreciate that. That's cool. Um, 
Someone said, uh, no bullshit. And that was it. That was all I said. <laughs> so I think it's, uh, I think it's going it's well cool. for you and I, I hope it does. You. Uh, I definitely, um, I am going to use you to hopefully lose weight myself. We're going to get started here in a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hopefully we can talk about that again on a future podcast. Yeah, we can revisit it. Um, let's, yeah, let's give it some time. Let's see where I'm at in a couple months. Yeah, I'd like to do it. That'd be dope, man. Thank you again. Thanks. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Peace.